Blog Talk Radio. Think Mozart, huh? 
The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to run, but they medulla they sharp. Man, they so soft. Don't be thrown off any Zolar. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are.
magic mm-hmm. and worthy. I said Malone and Stockton, magic and worthy. You know what I mean? I guess you could say that, right? Tipping and Jordan he was like, to you know, classical team sport comparisons. That's the only way that I could think of explaining the fact that you can have two masters on one bill and them two, their egos not in get in the in in anyone's way but complement one another. So if winning championship championship being you know, the hearts and the minds of the people walking away with some verified information that they can utilize to upgrade their livelihood and their concepts and not only themselves but the world that they live in. So important at this time. We live in an age of propaganda. Big your phone might be a little compromised. I'm not sure if it's um my uh what I'm hearing, but it does sound like you were going in and out. I would ask the audience to uh let us know if any one of our audio does go into chat room. Yeah, choppy. I got a low signal where I'm at, so I won't be surprised. Did you open the chat room? Yeah. You did, right? Oh, I opened the chat room, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they said both is in and out. Both in and out on the, on the sound. So let's just be wary of that. If it gets real bad, family, just let us know, and we will correct it ASAP. Indeed. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Philadelphia, brothers and sisters in the greater Philadelphia area, Black and Nobels, um, our brother Professor Griff, Zaza Ali, brother Tyson, brother Hakeem, brother Levi, and brother Red, um, and there was a bunch of other people who were instrumental in um, the event that just took place last night. Actually, on Monday night, they had Professor Griff and Zaza Ali who uh, were guest speakers, and they were continuing their uh, tour. They're doing, um, you know, they go going to different states, spreading the word, you know what I mean, raising awareness and disseminating information. You want to touch on that, Blue? My phone just dropped. What did you say? Oh, my bad. Now I was talking about the um, event that we went to last night. But the sisters as a high power. It was high power, you know what I'm saying? Not to exclude what took place here in New York City on Sunday, but the energy of Philadelphia is different, you know what I'm saying? Like you could tell that the people in Philly kinda of show up for action and not entertainment. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I it's, a, it's, a, it's a blue collar environment, and you get a feeling those people don't have a lot of time to waste because they live in a mm-hmm. real deal environment, and it's still melanated, majority mel- melanated. So, you know, our family lives with one another out in Philadelphia. They have to deal with the whole concept of um, camaraderie. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
being in the presence of the family is, is continuous, you know, and, and that's that's an uh, energy that's, that's really worn on the city of New York. You don't know where these people are coming from. You know what I'm saying? And they have the leisure to pop in and pop out. They could just be showing up entertainment. It could be a fashion show. You know what I'm saying? They could just be coming around to take notes and, and you know what I'm saying, and, and gossip and, you know, and all types of other stuff. You know, New York still affords you that level of luxury. Even though it's, it's, it's real, it's the world I don't out here. I don't, I don't want, yeah, but I don't want anyone to feel slighted by that comment or that remark, you know what I'm saying, in, in terms of, you know, like, when they feel that we're trying to put, hold on. You're breaking up. They, but, oh, can you hear me better? Maybe for a good reason. Yeah, I hear you now. Yeah, so I don't want anyone to feel slighted by that remark and make it seem like we're trying to compare audiences of New York and Philadelphia. You know, we do know that. You asked me what I thought. I'm telling you, right, as somebody that's receptive to energy, what my analysis is about just not, it's it's the audience is really going to determine how the lecturers are going to go in. So, as I was in rare form last night, Professor Griff was in rare form last night. I would say, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a direct result of the people that they were standing in front of. I got a chance to stand in front of both dancers as well. When I was looking into the hearts and the, and, and the eyes and the minds of those people in Philadelphia last night, it was a different energy. You know? Now, I'm not away from anybody. New York is home. That's our family. We love New York. You understand? Mm-hmm. But New York has is is it's become a conglomeration of a lot of different energies and different agendas that converge at these particular meetings. You know what I mean? There's a lot of angry people that show up to those events in New York. And they could be angry at the circumstance. You know what I'm saying? They could be angry at the predicament, but don't be angry at one another. I didn't see no angry people on Sunday, but you okay. Huh? I said I was fortunate enough not to see any angry people on Sunday when I was there, but you know, you know, I you know you're not in the same going. business as me. I'm I'm in the health business. I know what to look for. You don't. So I, I, I you know, I can identify what I'm looking at. You're looking for something totally different. No offense, of course. But yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, shout out to the New York family and all of you know, and all of your anger. But shout out to everybody that came out on Sunday to represent for that event, King Simon. It was standing room only. Definitely was a success. Brother uh, Irritated Genie brought it home. Zaza Ali and Professor Griff brought it home. Baba Baruti brought it all the way home. Like, he opened up. And uh, the way he brought it, nobody even, he was the only one that came up that night and did his thing. The the, the message, the information, and the instructions put forth in a a very um, informative and, um, you know, in a way that we would expect one of our 
premier, premier educator. And I was said numerous times that night by many presenters, one of our premier scholars of this generation, our brother, um, Baba Baruti. And uh, we look forward to opening up the floor for him in the very near future on Nota Ledge to allow yeah. him to um, definitely come and share some of his light. Absolutely. He's a legend. Straight up. Straight up. You know, he body bagged it in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. He body bagged it in the first say? quarter. Oh, yeah, first quarter. It was a wrap. Mm-hmm. You know? Another wrap. You know, so, uh, you know, it was just a good day. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a good weekend, you know, with the Rock Ben, um, uh, Kafunia. That's a loving event on Friday. And yeah. we had the family coming out on Sunday. On Saturday, yeah, so, we was on Queen of Fool. Shout out to Queen of Fool. And that's 24 hours. Yes. yes. We we had an opportunity to contribute a segment to, um, you know, what she's doing over there as well, speaking to her audience. So shout out to her for that opportunity. Shout out to the Wellness Warriors. Shout out to the global family that tuned in, heard our message. You know, it was a wonderful weekend. Um, shout out to my um my my father, you know what I'm saying? My old head, it was his born day. You know, shout out to mm-hmm. the Libras out there, shout out to my power pieces and also on my father's born day also celebrated the born day of one of my children, which is my, my company. You know, shout out to Power Pieces it turned a year old on Saturday. Um, you know, so it was it was one of those monumental weekends, very jam packed, and it's leading up to a monumental day. I know this episode is, is definitely going to be a yeah. fellow so episode. Shout out to Brother Rich, UGR Railroad, Underground Railroad, and his YouTube channel. We released the part three installment of Winning Rome. You can check his uh, channel out. Let's see, uh, you know, the call letters to his YouTube channel, right? Uh, yeah, let me double check for you. Yeah, if you could check it, family, you could go to um the the Nodaledge TV page on Facebook, and I got the post up on there. You know, we're talking about mentalism, you know what I'm saying, in that particular episode, very deep metaphysics uh, we were able to cover on that particular clip. And the brother asks wonderful questions. He's one of the best interviewers that I've encountered in a while. So, you know, conversation is able to shift and go some places that were unanticipated, but it still helps round out the overall conversation. It's wonderful. You can listen to it, get the gym or two, pass it on, you know, and give us some feedback. Let's have a, a let's have a larger discussion. Let's open the floor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know what, like, <laughs> growing the um, global fast, I really realized then what some of our guests feel like when they're on the show, they're going in, they're building, and you're like, oh, anybody there? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it 
make it sound crazy. You just go in there and you don't hear nothing. You don't know what's going on. Like, damn, anybody out there? And you just got to go in. Huh? You just got to go in. Yeah, you just got to go in. You got to blink out. So I had that experience this past weekend when I was on the Global Fast. We was getting into that lower 44. Got I mean? Yeah. Shout out, you know, all of our team, teachers, our elders, our associates, you know, our listeners, our supporters. Again, our apologies to the family we weren't. We didn't broadcast this past Friday. You know, shout out to last Tuesday's powerful episode. You know, I hope the family got an opportunity to go into the archives and really listen to that episode and listen to it again. We spoke about it at the lecture. We're going to be developing a platform to uh, continue, you know, that that level of of healing, you know what I'm saying, providing a platform for the family that needs to be heard and needs to speak about the abuse. Um, On the way back home from Philly, you know what I'm saying, chances are I was seated across from Philly to New York. And, um, I mean, like, okay, you know, we got the film crew, we are directors, and we're doing a movie on child abuse. Now, we just came from the child abuse, dealing with Professor Griff. So, mm-hmm. his father's in the master, my number 12 out there, and he said that, you know, Griff is a family. You know, there's a, a, a connected dot, so he could be featured on a documentary. Because oftentimes we get into these programs and we tell you about the glorious time that we had over the weekend, but we don't really get a chance to recap the information that was shared at these lectures. So, like, when they started unveiling some of those statistics and, you know, Sister Ali, Zaza Ali got into some of those statistics on the program. Jeannie got into some of those statistics on the program. But when you see the totality of it in the lecture, in the lecture format where it's laid out within the body of work. They line it up and then they show you these figures and they show you these pictures. That takes on a whole other atmosphere of like, you're like, whoa. It does. 100,000 plus missing in 2013 alone? Yeah. The best way to sum up Sunday's lecture is serious with a capital S. It was extremely, you know, it, it was it was it was it was serious, man. It was serious. I had my son there, you know. Um, a few other people had their children there, and you know, we were forced to look at our children and and really worry about the future because, you know. It's really crazy out there, and I'm not. I'm not a pessimist, you know. I don't. I. I. I am. Um. I'm a student of some of the teachings that you know, Brother Blue Pill is presenting, dealing with this uh, holographic society or this holographic reality that we live in, where a lot of things, you know, emanate from thought, things of that nature. So I have to really be mindful of my thoughts, and I have to be mindful of what I give my energy and my power to, you know, and my attention. But at the same time, I also have to be mindful of the fact that there is a, um, a very sublime attack and 
very sophisticated mm, assault on our people it's a, yeah, coming it's from it's various systemic, angles. It's a systemic, all-out, whole-nose-ball assault, attack, war, okay, on the youth. Let's just leave it there. Yeah, let's just leave it right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I yeah. you know, how one feels about that or, or how they want to register their participation, you know what I'm saying, whether they feel they could do anything about it or not, or complacency is the way to go, cool. I'm not really about focusing on what somebody else is doing. I just know that I got nieces, nephews, godchildren, you know, and, and children in the community that I just see and don't personally know that I care about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if I ever come across one of you cocksuckers and that's your M.O., that's what you do, <laughs> it'll talk. Like, yeah, so with that being said, um, there are shows in the archives. You know, there may be somebody on the show tonight that has joined us for the first time or you've been on us for a minute, and we just want to say hi, welcome back. But do me a, a huge, the biggest, one of the best things that we could do, you know, to reciprocate is when the show is over, just do me a favor and go over to the archives, look for the Zaza Ali episode, look for the Irritated Gene episode. Both of those episodes premiered within the last two weeks. So they're sitting right there in the archives. And, you know, I know the time is, you know, a lot of people don't have a lot of time. These are three-hour shows. But please, if you're a parent, it doesn't even matter at this point. You are a parent. If you belong to this uh, movement, this conscious movement, we are all parents of everybody. We are parents in the village. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no running from that. If you don't have a biological child, it's even better. You know what I mean? There's some sisters out there, and there's some brothers out there that need assistance, you know, raising their, their young ones. You know what I mean? And there's some young ones that need assistance just straight up, maybe even if, you know, the parents might not even care. But they are being abused. They're being kidnapped. They're being lied to. They're being um, taken advantage of. And they need yeah. some love. They need some protection. You know, there's a lot of things that they need, and it's not all monetary. So what I'm saying is this. Because of, with the, because of the information that's being presented to us, and I would never, I don't, I don't want to become that conscious dude that, you know, because when she, she hit a note, she hit a note and hit me in my core and it activated a principle inside of me because she said, if it becomes you, she was talking about the missing children and some other things to Ali. She said, you know, you might not, you might give it all kind of excuses now and scroll past it when you're on Facebook and everything. You don't want to pay attention to it because you don't necessarily have a solution or you don't really identify with this young melanated child that's on your page that they say is missing or whatnot, but if it happens to you, you're going to want everybody to be on the team. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to just have a different kind of effect. So, you know, I'm like this. You know, we all know as parents what some of our greatest nightmares are. You feel me? And 
whatever I could do in my power, if somebody is out there going through a nightmare that's as terrifying and heart heart wrenching as that, and not knowing where your baby is at, you know what I'm saying? Like I could cry thinking about that right now. Like that that's scary. So if she says sure. the statistics shows that there's two thousand children being and it's some of the information that I've come across is telling me what's going on to these children that they're stealing from us. I'm terrified at this point. It's war. There's nothing else to talk about. This is war, family. You have to approach it like that. That's how I'm moving. And, I, I, you know, and I just want us to be aware. You know what I mean? You know, I just want us to be, you know, that's why we do these shows. We just want you to get hit, know the ledge about what's going on. Don't let, don't wait, don't wait for CNN one of these other, um, you know, media outlets, you know, try to, don't, don't wait till it's a national crisis or a national news story to start paying attention. Just get the information, get the numbers in your mind and in your head, and keep your eyes open and start identifying situations of people that you may know who are child molesters, pedophiles, you know, pervs, you know what I mean, or maybe suspected of um, sexually abusing children or putting young girls on a strip, all of that shit got to stop, man. Like, for real. It all has all to stop. And, and we know that we know that it's a Hold on. We know yeah. that it's a vicious cycle, and, 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 and it stems from a lot of, you know, myriad, a plethora of situations that we understand, you know. But we have to be there. This is the healing process, you know what I mean? And during the healing process, you can't make a lot of excuses for a lot of the things that are going on to our people. We have to provide solutions, you know. And knowledge is the first one. We have to become knowledgeable about what's happening, you know, to our people. Indeed. You know, the... um. The brother today was giving me some statistics. He said, yo, he said one in five females have been sexually abused, and it's one in seven, you know, boys have been sexually abused. You know, that that's like, that, that number is illmatic, B. That's more than the incarceration rate. So people are walking around in prison. You know what I'm saying? And, you could, and, and their whole it, concept of, of yeah, yeah their whole concept of, of community, you know, of camaraderie, uh, of love, of togetherness, of black power, of protection, of society is skewed. And we wonder why, you know, that we have what it is that we have in society. And, you know, like, there was a lot of focus, again, at these lectures on the symptoms of what this abuse produces. You feel me? About, and I think about there needs to be a lot more. There was a lot of focus on what these abuses produces. You know, the end result of the abuse. Like, look what this sister has become now that she's been abused. Look what this brother has become now that they've been abused. But it's like, you know, we call forth the people that 
are centered in the solutional aspects of saying, all right, let's let's get to the root of dealing with now the healing. You know what I'm saying? Can this person be nurtured back to a state of, of stability or physically? Is it even possible? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There's certain things that we have to know because, you know, we, we're in the fishbowl. We're in a very small fishbowl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this is what we're living with at this particular time. So let's just be mindful. That's what I'm saying. And, and, you know, and then, like, really, you know, KTL University um, is still something that's in the works, family. We are working arduously behind the scenes to get this thing put together. Shout out to my brother, Buddha K, Buddha Clinks. You know, we just had a conversation earlier. He's still putting the pieces together. He wants to make sure that what he presents to the family is ironclad, you know what I'm saying, that you get everything that, uh, that it is that you're going to need, you know, to move forward. And when I was just hearing their testimonies about what's taking place in the schools, I just felt so helpless, like, well, God damn, like, this is what we really sending, sending our children to school to learn? You know what I'm saying? And we can't do mm-hmm. nothing about it? Like, Jane has two mothers. Uh, you know, it, it was all kind of books that they were throwing up on that screen. And I'm like, that's what they're teaching babies? Wow. Wow. I'm just, I no. mean, I, I think they pay. They did. Yeah. And uh, as soon as we get a copy of that lecture, we will make the announcement on KTL and, um, we also have some other news dealing with um, KCL University with uh, some literature and also some DVD titles as well. So just, you know, keep keep an ear out for that. We'll let you know. Um, Kings County, the show tonight is sponsored by kingscounty.bigcartel.com. We have a launch for new fall designs tonight at midnight. Got to be taking place on Kings County. And um, yeah, you know that's about it, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, this weekend I I, I got back into my sea moss. You know, shout out to Seven Heaven Sea Moss and oh yeah, Seven Heaven. All the customers that yeah have been very patient with me while I got my thing together. You know, I produced a, a new bottle, got the new flavors out. You know, my my website is still hacked though, so I still got to get that together. You know, logistically in the back, my my. Soul Gold site got hacked and my Ocean 14 site, you know, somebody's obviously hating, but that's a whole nother story. You can call me, all right, for orders. I got the gold is in the building. You know what I'm saying? The Seamoss is back in the building. 347-504-1444. That's 347-504-1444. All right. Dealing with the products. Until I get this, uh, these websites back together, you got to holler at me. My power pieces is up and running. You know, I got some new product coming out pertaining to that website as well very soon. All right, I want to properly be able to celebrate the, the one-year anniversary of that endeavor because it meant a lot. 
you know what I'm saying? It, it, that particular date is very meaningful, you know, um, in our life, you know, the day that our, uh, our father came to this planet, you know what I'm saying? Our presence wouldn't be possible without him. So we honor that day, you know what I'm saying? I honor the energy on that day as well. And, um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's also the day in 2012 when we came back from Mexico. You know what I'm saying? We came back with mm-hmm. all of that energy, brought that stateside, and they discovered Cuba like three or four days over the same passage that our crews passed over. You know what I'm saying? It's like once we unlock the mystery of the, of the Hero Twins in, in, in Mexico, in Mexico, you know what I'm saying? We was able to unlock these other mysteries dealing with the Mexican as well. And we continue to unlock these mysteries. So thank you for everyone that has uh, joined us. This monumental, mystical journey called life. Let's get into this program. Are we ready? Uh, in a few more minutes. A few more minutes. Like we okay. do have, yeah, Somebody said what happened in Mexico. In Mexico, family, we went on two years ago, know the ledge, went on a, um, a boat ride. We did a five-day boat ride with 36 of some of the most special uh, people in the world, you know what I mean, who changed right. it. Right here, you know, KTL family. Yeah, right here. You know, audience to the show decided to spend five days with us. We um, journeyed on the cruise. We was on a ship before more than a few hours in this lifetime, at least. You know, let's not talk about more than Spain days. And um, it was it was a magical trip, though. That's all I gotta say. Like it was one one of the most. It was a crew, Mexico, and Grand Caymans, and did a major cleansing ritual on the shores of Grand Cayman. Um, and we went to Cozumel, Mexico. All right, had a very, you know, strong presence in that particular region of the planet. You know what I'm saying? And the Mayans were also there. So we were able to tap that grid and receive some blessings that that grid had in store for sons and daughters willing to go tap into. And then tying into the 2012 ancient prophecies and also the mystical stories or the mythological stories that go along, the Mayan prophecies dealing with the, the hero twins, okay, they have a the centerpiece of their entire the mythos story of the hero twins who go into the underworld. Okay? So, you know, you have to tap into some of that energy and bring forth. Indeed. And on or insinuation of what we uh, embarked upon two years ago, feels like it's two years ago, we uh in negotiations and, you know, definitely um, definitely considering, 
doing that again. So, you know, you don't want oh, to you know, information out there before it's ready up there. But um, it won't be the last time that we do something like that with the family. So just, you know, stay tuned, stay, you know, stay informed, and uh, know when our next endeavor is uh, announced because, you know, we definitely <laughs> look forward to uh, meeting the family, greeting the family, building with the family, climbing, and stuff like that. I mean, it was just off. You know, maybe we had uh, we had five star, six star meals every night. You know, we had a, a gala, a black tie fair. We actually did a lecture on the cruise. We went to the Cayman Islands. We went to Mexico. Mexico had some tortillas on the Mexico. bus. Like, it was dope. Tortillas. And we had uh, <laughs> what, what did they gave us? The shot. Yeah, yeah. getting saucy. Yeah, you know, the so, um, yeah. But overall, it was the magic in this whole in that whole situation was the bonding that took place between individuals who never met each other before because you know they listened. People who came on the ride, they listened to the show, but they never met each other. You know, you know how you're in the chat room right now, chopping it up. Well, picture that. You know, picture a physical. You know, you you're really meeting that person. Exactly. Y'all at the bar, or y'all y'all eating together. You know, we in the woods or the jungle together, chilling, doing uh, prosperity rituals and stuff. So, you know, that that bonding aspect right there was very special to us, and we want to continue to um, be the platform that right. allows that that right. thing to happen. You know, and you know, that brings us into we're going to be talking about because the brother is going to be doing the presentation. One of uh, our dear brothers, Shantae, with Shantae Finley, you know, he is going to talking about business concepts and disciplines. Okay. Some KTL empowerment and uh, very, um, and you know, that is one of our main missions, you know, empowerment is to improve our business relationships, our concepts, but also to share that with the family as well amongst the network so we could become stronger. And by doing such, you know, we will be able to move further, faster, or at a steadier pace, you know, so we could um, create more results. So let me go into this description, and then we're going to open up the line. All right. Yes. Join us for another explosive KTL Empowerment episode as we welcome Brother Shantae Finley back to the program to discuss some powerful info. Tonight he will be building on business concepts and disciplines pertaining but not limited to the principles of operations, management, and most importantly, leadership. Join us as he aligns modern business best practices with our ancient sciences and methodologies to build an infrastructure of a community and a nation. Tune in. Bring your pad and your pen because class is in session. Without any further ado, I want to open up the line for caller from the 214-207. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. Peace to the family. Uh, peace to the peace. God. Um, 
definitely a blessing, I'm honored, you know, that you guys have me on the show again. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, we're going to go in tonight. You know, uh, I, you know, I think it's something that's necessary, you know, uh, you know, checking out what the, what the community is doing, you know, I'm in Texas, so, you know, I'm not able to, you know, you know, catch all the, the, the energy, you know, when I'm watching, you know, Sarnetta TV and I'm, you know, looking at you guys build, I'm like, man, I wish I was there because it's so, oh, so much that I would like to. Dante, I'm yes, sorry. Sir. On my line, it appears as if your phone may be going in and out. I'm not sure if it's just me, but um, we wanted, I wanted to be able to hear everything that you were saying. Okay, can you hear me better now? Yes, say something else. Yeah, can you? How 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 do I, how do I sound now? You sound you sound better, but as you okay. continue, I'll see if it begins to get choppy or not. I hope it doesn't. Okay, all right. But but yeah, you know, um, you know, watching Sinetta TV and, and and watching some of the the recent builds is 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 right in line with you know what I want to offer to the family. And this is you know honestly, I don't think this is a you know one one show discussion. I believe it's something that we really have to go into. We have to break apart and really go into these concepts. And, and, and some of the stuff people already know for all of our entrepreneurs out there, some of the stuff people probably haven't even thought about because, you know, a lot of times when someone's creative and they have a creative idea, they may lack in structure, you know, and it's nothing wrong with that. You know, we, we all develop, this, you know, different faculties, you know, from, from youth to adolescence to early adulthood and depending on what career path or what path we choose, um, it enables us to function in a certain type of way. You know, one of the things that, and, you know, Red, and, you know, you and I have had this discussion before, you know, I think one big gap in the conscious community and I would say the, the quote-unquote progressive uh, professional, you know, quote-unquote African-American, more the blacks that are out there in the corporate America, I think there's a big gap because what a lot of brothers and sisters in the conscious community may not realize is a lot of cats, you know, in the corporate paradigm that are conscious, that are knowledgeable, that want to be part of the movement, but they don't see where they have a place um, because they are in the super tower. They are, you know, and, 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 they, and they're still working a nine-to-five. So uh, a lot of times I think that if we could work together and give them the information that we have attained over a period of time, because one, one thing I, I know is this: there's advantages and disadvantages, right, when you, when you have to go to a nine-to-five. But one thing that's an advantage is if you're working for, quote-unquote, like myself, banks, mortgage companies. I have access to information that someone who has never worked there don't. So when we start talking about buying land and doing real estate, there's things that there's so much. There's only so much you can get off the Internet. You know, when you start talking about best practices and, and stuff like that and having access to new information, new laws, new guidelines, you know, um, nuances, ins and outs of how to do stuff, um, if you have someone who's been, who's been through the right of passage for that particular field, then they're more qualified at times to, to be able to govern how someone, if they wanted to start a mortgage company or, or start a uh, real estate investment firm or so on and so forth. So I think that we could definitely bridge that gap 
um, embrace one another. You know, um, I was listening to uh, the young brother on Sinetta yesterday, uh, Smart MC. What, what yeah, was Brother name? Smart. Brother Smart mm-hmm. and very, very intelligent brother. You know, we can, we can, we can talk about what it takes to build a nation, but we have to talk about the infrastructure because let's, let's just say right now, if everybody, if the white man just came into came into his own conscience, and say, you know what, we don't know how to run this shit. Let's let's just hand it over. All right, what do we do? <laughs> you know, let's let's just hand let's hand all this over. I said. I said, if, if 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 the white man just decided to hand everything over, corporate America, government, and stuff like that, to all of our, our leaders, to all of our, you know, how, how would we do that? And so for me, I've always thought about what if I was in a position of leadership? What would I need to learn? What would I need to obtain the structure to be able to help my people? So for me, I came to a certain point in my life to where I said, you know what? These are some of the things that I wanted to learn. So I, I kept myself in that corporate paradigm. And uh, I feel like I do have a lot to offer, as well as a, as a lot of, you know, a lot of brothers in the corporate paradigm. So I, I, I just wanted to put that out there so we can, you know, because I think that's a conversation that we need to constantly have because I talk to cats all the time that, you know, get suit and tied up every day and they want to do more. They just don't know where they fit. You know, how can I do? How can I? whether it's monetarily, whether it's education-wise, being able to, you know, come on a show, you know, a platform like this and be able to give the people some knowledge. You know, I'm not the, I'm not the only one. This cat know way more than I do. That's been in the game for a long time, you know, and they, and they would love to have this outlet to be able to, you know, teach some of our young brothers who have very creative ideas and want to start companies and so on and so forth. So I, I think there's a dialogue that has to, you know, consistently be going on for us to uh, bridge that gap. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, but yeah, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to go in, you know, one of the things when you start talking about operations and, um, one of the things that people don't realize, most businesses don't fail because the business is not good. Most businesses fail because they're not in the position to handle the exponential growth. Because what, what happens is this, Mm -hmm. someone decides, you know, I want to open a juice bar, okay? I know all the recipes for the juice. I know this. I know that. But I don't want to be – I don't trust anybody with X, Y, Z. I don't trust anybody with accounting. I don't trust anybody with this. I don't trust anybody with that. So the – you're the technician who knows how to do everything, but you want to be the manager, you know, and you want to be the HR, and you want to be the – you can't do that. You can't structure a business like that. And the first mm-hmm. thing I would tell everyone that's listening to the show, what you have to do, the first order is, if you're building a company right now, and if it's just you, but you have your idea, you have exactly, you know exactly what you want to do. If you just Google uh, a corporate, you know, just information on building a corporation and the position. CEO, CFO, CEO. What you do is you name all those positions and you put your name in all those positions and you define what those positions are for you. And then after that, as you begin to grow, you begin to fill those positions, but the the foundation is already laid. You've already identified how that looks for you and your company. You know, 
your mission statement, your core values, all these things we have to really, really think about because this is what gets us in the in the in the network when companies want to do business with us. And, and it's something that I hear a lot, and and I, I I understand when people say, "Hey, I don't want to do business with Europeans," and I get that. I feel the same way, but let me ask you this. Do Koreans who own the beauty supply, do they care that we buy their stuff? They, I don't care who pays me the money. I just know what I'm going to do with the resources once I get them. I know that I'm going to put it back in my community. So I really don't care who buys my product. And every other nationality, they don't really care. Like, they don't, you know, when you go to a, I don't eat Indian food. When you go to Indian food, they don't care that white people shop there. So when people say that, I'm like, okay, but if if there's only 44 million, you know, more in this country and there's almost 300, I guess, what, 300 million people here, I want the other 256 million to buy my product so I can give to the 44 million. You know, so for me, I've always thought about that, like, okay, what I want a product that I can sell to anyone that or service to anyone but I want to be able to use those resources to continue to build the infrastructure of my people in my community. So, you know, for me, it's always, you know, I've always thought about that. So, um, you know, one thing I want to get into, a couple of things we're going to talk about is, um, and and I heard one thing I kept hearing when I was watching Sonetta and, you know, getting manufacturers and, 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 you know, supplies and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about supply chain management. That's one of the things we're going to talk about. And like I said, this discussion is going to have to be more than this one show because I think that um, I want to be able to give the family some detailed information so they can can start doing the research itself and they can actually – this stuff is applicable. You can do it whether you have two employees or 200 employees. You can start – you can put the infrastructure within your business and then grow from there. You know, because if it's already implanted, then you can go ahead and, and, and add the people because the system is already there. So that's one thing we're going to talk about. You know, we're going to touch on stuff like project management and operation management and different theories that study. when I was forced to take these courses and get these certifications, I began to realize that, you know, a lot of these, a lot of this, these certifications that we have to go out there and get, if you're in the corporate paradigm, a lot of this stuff is just ancient science, ancient sciences. You know, a lot of this stuff is dealing with the chakras. A lot of this stuff is really dealing with, you know, the nuances of astrology, and then they're just putting corporate terms, you know, around it and camouflaging it. So it's it's our stuff. You know, we just have to tap into that and combine it. And and, and this is something that I think is necessary as well, because if I have someone, you know, I've said this before, if if I was a if, if I was a CEO of a court, you know a Fortune 500 company right now, and I know that when someone interviews, they have most companies you go interview, you have to take a personality test, correct? The first yes. person I would hire to create my personality profile would be Rod Koo. Pay him mm-hmm. to say this is what you, you you know what I'm saying? You know most companies have a standardized interview format. So if I knew that I had to create a standardized interview format when it comes to personalities and ask, asking the right questions. I would reach out to A.A. Rashid, you know, because I understand what he brings. And if you could take that same information, that same genius of the, the brothers that we have in this community, and you can put the terminology around it and still be able to sell it to anyone. Because I know for a fact that Ryan Koo is, is, 
thorough. I know for a fact that A. Rashid is thorough. So I know if I say, hey, this is what I need, this is my business, this is what I need, why wouldn't I go to someone in the community? You know, if I have a, if I have a sports team, you know, if I have a youth sports team, why wouldn't I come to you, Red, to uh, design my, my uniforms for my team? You know, why wouldn't I go to Blue to create uh, an electrolyte water, you know, for my basketball team or sports drink? We have everything right here. You know, we just have to start looking at what's you, available. <laughs> Indeed. I got Indeed. to pause a little for that. I'll add you. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, some things that, you know, I, I think about, you know, you look at the conscious community. You look at all the brilliant minds for us, you know, raw diets, you know. Um, you know, I even study, you know, um, holistic health, you know, under Holistic University, you know, Brother Inky, you know, Dr. Sebi, whatever. All these geniuses that we have, and we, we, we got brothers that are, you know, and sisters that are so healthy and looking beautiful. And, you know, so why don't we have our own um, – conscious community, you know, bodybuilding competition? Why don't we create our own or fitness model? You know, why don't we create these things that people are, people, you know, we live every day and we, we have desires and, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good and some of us are very, you know, aesthetic and stuff like that. So why don't we create these things for ourselves? You know, why don't, if, if we're a conscious community, if it's indeed a community, why don't we have, you know, and we may have these things that I don't, I may not know about. But I think about these things all the time. It's like, man, you know, why don't we have our own fashion show? <laughs> you know, why don't why don't we you know why don't we build these things ourselves? Because you know, when you look at Kings County, you know, I when I you know, you know, brother, I, I have you know I have some of your some of your clothing, and I'm in Texas, so when I wear it, people are just blown away. You know. Oh yeah. So, oh oh, most definitely, bro. We we can have, we can have that dialogue, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I, you know, I ask myself all the time, like, man, we have everything available. It's just that we have to connect the dots, you know. We got to build the network. We got to build the network. So we talk about marketing, right? So check this out. You think about the three years that I've been listening to Nola Ledge. Some of the some of the downloads, you know, especially when KT the Art Degree come on and and so on and so forth, you know. You guys are getting downloads crazy, you know. So for me, from a marketing standpoint, I would have you and Blue create a focus group. So if I'm selling a specific product and I need to get 100 people to tell me what they like about it, why they wouldn't buy it, so on and so forth, you guys have access to all these people in the community from all walks of life, from all businesses. Why would I pay you to create a focus group? This is how we have mm-hmm. to start thinking, like, because then when you have a focus group, then it's legitimate if you're trying to sell your product or take your product to the next level because then you can validate from marketing research. We don't have to go outside and pay some companies to do market, market, marketing research and focus groups for us. We can have it right here. Exactly. People are people, you know. People are people. You have people who listen to the show from 20 to 30, who make forty thousand between forty and fifty thousand dollars a year that work out at least two times a week. So if I'm selling nutritional supplements that I've created and I went and got the herbs from South America, why wouldn't I 
say red and blue. I I I need a focus group because I need to under I need to start and get the you know ask these people how does my product compare to Whole Foods or GNC or whatever. You know, these are some of the things that I think about that I know that we need in the community, and it's not that difficult to do. It's just us looking at the resources that we have right now. You know, and I know mm. for a fact that there's there's things that I know that I could come to you in blue, you know, I have a, you know, to help my business grow because you, you guys are, you know, had access to the people. So if we have all these companies and all these entrepreneurs and we're trying to grow our product, then, you know, we're trying to have testimonials. We're trying to do all these things to where it will attract more, more customers because at the end of the day, it's about sales. You know, it's about how do I create sales or how do I, you know, how well is my service, and how do I handle the growth? So, you know, those are just some of the things I just want to throw out there. Just, just you know, we can have further dialogue, but these are some of the things that I think about, and I'm like, oh, what's brother, stopping us? Yes, brother man, please, <laughs> if you don't do anything tonight, just get that out, man, because we need that. You know, we are honored for your contribution, you know, we, we we just need this information, you know what I'm saying? Like, we look forward to it because many of us, you know, some of our highest obligations and our loftiest goals is to strengthen our business and to, you know, get the foundation strong so we can grow exponentially. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, when we – and then we're able to cre- create our own alliances and within different business sectors and then – you know, a lot of times people are afraid to step out because they, they feel like they may not have the necessary knowledge or the credentials. You know, once we start aligning our businesses, business sectors, we create our own certification program. You know, once, yeah. once you know, once, you know, I, I, I had this, we were talking about this on, uh, I did a show on mortgage science and we were talking about, you know, mortgages and real estate and stuff like that. And what I was breaking down is, you know, people were talking about how the market, you know, went south in 2007, and what I was trying to explain to the people, if you're talking about building community and, you know, having our own credit unions and stuff like that, you know, only thing that happens is this. When you take when you take a loan, and, and, and I'm not going to, you know, stay on this loan, but when you take a loan and you, between 2002 and 2007, the guidelines for giving someone a mortgage became less and less strict. So then you have people getting into homes that couldn't afford them, and they they wasn't credit worthy. So mm-hmm. let's fast forward, right? And then you have people who were doing cricket appraisals, and so the guidelines. And what happened was they couldn't they couldn't sell those mortgages, they couldn't package those mortgages up and sell them to the secondary market in Wall Street. So what happens is these loans are no good anymore. So then the values of the homes go down because they were inflated from the jump. Now you fast forward it to let's say we have a Morris Morris Credit Union, right? So now, in order to be able to have power, you have to have loans that are good loans. So the first thing that we're doing is cleaning up all of our people's credit. So now the credit, you know, the credit worthiness is there. Then if we're getting, if we're doing good loans, that's what people want to do loans. You know, we have some people may want to do tax liens or short sales or buy foreclosed property and fix it. I get that. Let's just say for the average layman that just want to go out and buy a home, that's their dream. So if we have, let's say, you know, 40 loans a month, and I'm just doing, I'm, I'm just rounding this off, 40 loans a month, 
The average loan is $200,000. So you got $8 million worth of loans that you're getting from a financial institution that you're getting these loans approved. If all those loans are good, then what happens is the bank starts to give, well, these financial institutions start to give you more credit. They start to give you more wiggle room, you know, and so then you begin to dictate what you want. Then you begin to dictate the kind of money that you want to make on the back end. And then you have investors trying to invest because they know, okay, the Moore's Credit Union, they have actually good loans. They're not, they're not trying to slip stuff through the cracks and stuff like that. So when we, when we look at, when we talk about having our own bank or having our own real estate company, how, how does that look? And we really have to have a serious discussion, like how does that really look? And how do we really position ourselves to where we are respected and we are a viable company, whether it's a black bank, a black credit union? How do we position our people and educate our people and get them up to that point to where everything that we do, we're not having, we don't have to shortcut anymore. We have everything here for it. You know, we have resources. We just don't, I just don't believe in that. I don't think we have to shortcut because we have the education. You know, I know that I'm willing to, to give everything, all my knowledge to anyone who wants it if they're trying to build a business or if they need help with operations or whatever the case may be. So I just think things like that, we have to have really serious dialogue. And I, and I think we have to break this up and say, hey, we're going to, if we're going to do a show strictly on real estate, let's do a show strictly on real estate. Let's get four or five people that can come in and really break it up so people can really take notes and really walk away saying, okay, this is how I'm going to start it. You know, I'm going to go get four or five people who want to invest and so on and so forth and start our own investment company and so on and so forth. Let's have real dialogue. You know, we can talk about it and, and, and you know, but if we we have a platform, we have Know the Ledge and other platforms to where we can really seriously do the training for people who really want it. So, you know, I just want to put that out there. Um, so let me, let me, let, let's, let's go ahead and go in. So one of the things, I'm real big on statistics. You know, sometimes they can be skewed, but why do, and I'll ask you brothers this because you're entrepreneurs. Why do you think most businesses fail? Poor Poor planning and poor execution. Poor execution. Okay. Right. All right. I would say lack of and you breaking up on me. Team, like the right staff, and a lack of the uh, adequate funds. Okay. Most businesses fail, and most most businesses fail because of the failure to prepare for exponential growth, not being able to provide the same quality of products and services when you as when you first started. Now, why? I'm sorry. Say that again, brother. Businesses fail for this reason: it is it is the failure to prepare for exponential growth not being able to provide the same quality of products and services as when you first started your business. Get it this way. You know, and I'm going to give you some statistics from the American Society of Quality Assurance. Why do companies lose customers? Well, first, 1%, the customer dies. 3%, 
the customer moves away. 5%, the customer is influenced by friends to make a change. 9%, the customer is lured away from competition. That's pretty important. Only 9% of your business is lost to competition. 14%, the customer is dissatisfied with the product, turned away by the attitude of indifference on part of the service provider. So there is something that has happened with the product or the service that the customer never disclosed to you, and they decided to go elsewhere. That's 68% of why we lose customers. Mm. All right. Here's some more for, for you guys. It costs between five to six a new one. And this is across the board, regardless of what business that you're in. It costs usually between five to six times to go out and get another customer, whether it's gas, foot, whatever you have to do, traveling, you know, setting up a booth that to go out and attract another customer than to keep your existing customer. It's cheaper to keep her. Your phone's looking at my head. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Okay, brother. I heard him clear. Can you repeat it for me, please? Yeah. <clears throat> it costs between five to six times to attract a new customer than to keep it uh than to keep an existing one. Also, companies Indeed. can boost profits anywhere from twenty five to one hundred and twenty five percent by retaining five percent or more. So think about that. <laughs> I'm going to read that again. Companies can boost profits anywhere from 25 to 125% by retaining 5% of more or more of existing customers. So, you know, those statistics, and like I said, um, there's, there's a couple of the, the National Academy of Quality Assurance. You know, you can go, you can Google it online and, and look at, it's a lot of interesting stuff when you start talking about, you know, the quality assurance of your business and uh, how, how your business looks. And, you, and it, it helps you do some self-reflection of your service, um, you know, things that you're, you're adding to your, to your existing customer base and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I had a lot more, but I just want to touch on a few things so the family can kind of get an idea why, why it's so important for us to, to build these infrastructures in our business. So, you know, one of the things is when I when I ask people, you know, when they talk to me like, man, I, I want to do this or I want to start this, I'm like, okay, you know, give me an idea of the, the hierarchy of your business. You know, of course, I'm always asking someone to, you know, do a mission statement and, and all of that, but give me, give me the hierarchy of your business. How does that business look to you? Give me the infrastructure and, the, and, and how you're going to put it together. And most people can't tell me that. Most people are like, well, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, let's define everything that you're going to do. And it, makes, and it really makes you think because it's going to make you um, be honest with yourself or where you are in your own development. And that's what people have to really come to grips with. If you know that you don't have certain skill sets, then you know that you, if you have to um, – 
contract those skills, you know, to get someone else to do it or, you know, you at least you know that and then but you could def- but you, it doesn't stop you from defining how that looks on paper. And once you're able to define how that looks, then you can always plug it in once the business grows or you have the monetary resources or whatever. And, you know, one thing I always tell people is there's simple things that you can use. Um, does anyone know what a uh, – you brothers know what a fish a fishbone diagram is? Yes, sir. Uh, seventh heaven, right? And a fishbone diagram, so let's say we was actually drawing a fishbone. This is a diagram. You know, you have the line and then you have the you have the 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 slanted arrows, right? On the top of that straight okay. that horizontal line okay. and the bottom of mm-hmm. it. Right. So you take you take and you can define it as the customer, the supply, the you know, the service, and you can you can break this down, you know, linear you know, from a linear perspective, right? And then you can identify you know how does this look? So when you when, you know I tell people just start with something simple, so just a, just a fishbone diagram of your business, and make yourself really define how to, how how does that look for you? And you'll find that it's going to open you up to some things that you probably need to work on individually. You could probably need to sharpen yourself up here, or you may need to get someone to say, hey, you know what, I I don't have a way of tracking my sales. So hey, can you create me an Excel spreadsheet? You know, I always ask people, how do you, um, you know, one thing, if you're an entrepreneur, especially on a, on a, on a, you know, beginning or small level, one thing you should all, the first thing you should do is understand how to track, how to forecast your sales. If you've been in business a year, you should be able to forecast your sales for the next year. Case in point. So let's say you're a vendor and you attended the same wellness shows or, you know, you had a booth at the same one that was in, in Brooklyn and you went to one in, in, in Florida, then you went to one in Atlanta, you went to one in California. And you know that you sold, okay, X amount of, let's say you sold $20,000 worth of product. If that next year you're going to the exact same venues and you have your products out there, then if you've improved your products, you should be able to forecast, okay, if I do X, Y, Z, I talk to this many people, and I was able to yield this, okay? So let's say you yeah. said, okay, I talked to I talked to 500 people, and I actually sold 150 people throughout the year of 2013. So now if you take that 100 people that you sold out of 500, so you had a 20% closing rate. So now you have to say, okay, as a salesperson, what am I doing wrong? Because you want to be 20%, 20% closing rate on any product or any service is average across the, any industry. It's average. So for every five people that you talk to, if you're only getting one sale, then I'm like, okay, at least I'm average. Now, when you start getting 30, 35, 40%, you're above average, and you, see, you, can, you will be able to see how your business will grow. So now you have to say, okay, what am I doing from a sales perspective, sales and marketing perspective, to either attract customers or, you know, retract customers? So you have to ask yourself these questions. So then you would say, okay, let me take a sales course, you know, let me do some training. And these are the honest, honest dial, internal dialogue we have to have with ourselves, you know, so we can get better, you know, because it's just not, 
it's just not good enough for say, hey, I got a business, I got a product, and just buy from me. You know, sometimes, man, people don't know that they need, you know, Seven Heaven Sea Moss. People don't know that, you know, come on, man, you ready to rock this, you know, it's better for you to rock this Kings County than to rock Polo. You know, they don't know that. You know, so when you begin to, you know, when I when I was in, you know, did sales training, the first thing my, my mentor told me, he says, hey, if you're not selling, you're telling. You can't tell people what to buy, you know. You have to ask open-ended questions to get them to say yes. So when I when I ask people like, okay, what's your what's your forecast for sales? What have you done differently from last year to this year? Then yourself to be better when you're dealing with your customer base or potential customer. So if you know, okay, my goal is now I closed last year at twenty percent. I'm gonna forecast myself to close at twenty five percent this year. You know, and I'm going to add another venue or another event that I'm going to attend that I'm going to be able to, you know, possibly see 100 people. And then you can just start mm-hmm. doing the knowledge, you know, because one thing I, I, I really don't understand is we can do the knowledge on how far Uranus is from Nibiru and this, this, and this, but when it comes to structuring a business or really getting down to the to the math, being able to uh, measure where we are in our business, we won't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, you know, when 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 I, you know, when Gabriel and I started staff more, you know, and and this is a lot of growing pains myself. So what I'm sharing with the family is stuff that I had to go back and use all these tools that I've learned over the years and put them back in the staff more because, you know. When you don't have success, you have to take a look at yourself. It's not your product. It's some of the things that you, you have not implemented or the systems you have not put in place for it to be an ebb and flow to your product or your service. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm always like, well, you know, we, 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 we pontificate how we started mathematics and science and alchemy. We got to use this for business. <laughs> you know, that, that don't, you know, I mean, because I can't, I can't sit there and have a, you know, tell somebody, you know, tell us, Tell an Indian cat, oh man, y'all didn't create, you know, that y'all lie, y'all didn't create mathematics, but we did. But okay, can't even, it, I can't even break down my business from a mathematical, from a from a from a measurable standpoint. And that's what we have to start doing is breaking our businesses down from a measurable standpoint, so we can look at them and make the necessary changes that we need to make internally and externally to our business. And, brothers, feel free to uh, stop and ask questions, man. This is an open dialogue, so, you know, I'm going in. But I, I don't want to – I want this to be – we have to stop. You want me to elaborate on something or whatever or a term? Please, please, please stop me. Indeed. Okay. So if you if you um say you have a have – a, let's deal with products, Okay. So let's go back to the fishbone diagram, and and anyone that's listening, you know, let's let's look at it, and let's really, I want the family to get this. So if you get a piece of get a piece of paper and you draw out, like I said, draw a linear, you know, just draw a horizontal line, and you can take three on the top, three slanted, you know, to the right, you know, and three slanted on the bottom to the right, and you can put equipment, process, people, materials, environment. And management. You can put those six things 
okay? Now, we can talk about, okay, how does equipment do I need to produce my product? You know, and then you talk about the process. How long does it take? The process to create your particular product, how long does it take? You know, the people is self-explanatory. If you're working with someone, whether you're working with a supplier or you have people working for you, it's all about integrity and all these things that you define within your business, and only you can define that. Um, how does that look for you? You know, the quality of material. You know, if you're if you're if you're if you're selling you know clothing or or whatever it, whatever it is, you have to define that. You know, and like I said, everything about what I want to talk about tonight is reflection and defining the things that you want to accomplish within these systems and disciplines. So it's really it's, this is about you. You know, the environment. You know, how does that environment look to you? How does that, you know, do you do you if you were if you were hiring your your human resource manager right now, how would you want her to be? What would be your best practices? Define that. And management, what what would be your management style? You know, if someone if 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 I if I came to New York and said, Hey Red man, I just I just want to work on a commission base and just sell and just sell, you know, Kings County, what would that look like? How would you want your salesperson to dress? You know? What would you want them to say, not what not to say? How would you want you know, those are some of the things that you have to think about. It doesn't mean that you're gonna implement these things overnight, but they're clear and defined in the way that you go about your business the next day or henceforth, it's 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 so much more clarity. Yeah, that's indeed. Okay. Now, there's another, you know, thing. It's called process performance matrices. And this matrix kind of gives you an idea of how, and this is from a process standpoint. So we're dealing with people who are Wait, one second. Can you repeat that? You said process performance maintenance. Performance matrix, yeah. Process performance matrix. So this is for, for, for people who create goods, right? So how does your process look? Okay, you're going to deal with capacity, thought put time, process velocity, productivity, utilization, and efficiency. And that right there, brothers, we could do a show a two just on really going into depth. When we start talking about you know, and, and and I think it was you read when I was watching on Sinetta TV when we were talking. When you were talking about how when you go overseas, how these people want to do business with us. You know how we don't know what's really available until we travel. I, I think it was you that was mentioning that, but that's true. Yes, so let's say we do have a manufacturer that um, that read that you're getting your you know your cotton or your silk from or or whatever to you know to make you know uh, Kings County. So once you got that manufacturer in line, so how does the process work for you from the moment that you put in the order, get it over here, and then someone's actually you got a couple of you know you got a couple of people who sold you know whatever you know I I, I don't make I don't make clothes so <laughs> but how, you know when you start really passing what you want to do things, the thought put time the time that it takes you to take whether it's a new design and put it into and put it into motion. You know, that process velocity, the time that it gets to productivity, the utilization of that, 
the, the utilization of everything previous and how efficient are you. So you know if it takes you, if you know you got to order for 50 shirts, and if it takes you two weeks to get those shirts out, you can go back and use these, all these and really look at where it could have took two days off of this, where they could have took four hours off of this, you know, mm-hmm. if you're just dealing with yeah. the process, if we're just dealing with the process. Because, once again, let's go back. If the process is not good, then it affects the, the service that you're giving to your customers. So then we go back to why do people lose, you know, it goes back to these statistics that's showing, okay, well, a customer don't know Red Pill, you know, don't know you're a great brother, don't know everything, you know, at the end of the day, they're like, they, you know, if you lose them, you, you have no idea, you know, no idea why you may have lost the customer. Same thing with staff more. You know, when I was out there, you know, um, trying to get, you know, customers and businesses to, to, to patronize me and so on and so forth, there was, you know, there was gaps in my process, you know, so when someone said, hey, send me an example of your work, you know, um, it took four days longer. Why is that? So I had to have these kind of conversations with, you know, um, you know, some some, some guys on my team. So it, it, it really makes you look at the process, and I think that's something that we really, really have to focus on because we there's so many great, great products that, you know, family that's on this call, that have called in that I've that I've heard that that's out there, but we can we can sure up this we can really really make this make this a well oiled machine, you know we just got to put the work in, you know and it, and it takes us more than creating an Excel spreadsheet and creating drop downs to these formulas that we're talking talking about. Hey, you know family, and I'm saying this if you don't if you, if you don't know Excel. Hey, we're a community. Reach out to me, you know. <laughs> Reach out to some, you know. We got to help each other because some somebody may be sitting on a great idea and they just don't know how to construct it. So we got to we got to make ourselves available to to help help one another, right. you know. So you know, I'm I'm saying like, uh-huh. hey, yeah, I need you to repeat the last three and the six of the process performance matrix. I have capacity, output, process velocity. Utilization. To utilization. Yes, sir. Okay. And efficiency. Efficiency. D. Okay. So, um, and I want the family to do this, and this is a very, very simple, um, simple diagram that um <clears throat> I think it's very good cuz it it it's it's uh it's quick and you can really kind of identify where you are at any given time so let's just draw a square right and you're going to draw across in that square so you're going to have you know four smaller squares within that square okay and I want you to write the word low on top of that square. In the middle of the top of that top line of the square, I want you to write effort. And on the far right, I want you to write high. 
Now, go to the left of that square. I want you to write high, again, at that top left on the side. And then I want you to write in the middle, I want you to write impact. And then at the bottom, I want you to write low. Now, in the first square, I want you to write the number one. And then under that number one, I want you to write low effort, high impact. Beneath that, I want you to write the number two, low F to the right, number three, high effort, high impact, and number four, high effort, low impact. Okay, so this is something that you can do with yourself. This is this is something that it's called a um, impact effort matrix, and it's improving pro uh, production processes, right? So what you want to do is create a an objective statement, all right? And you're going to use this to, to, to measure the criteria of what you want to accomplish. So let's say, you know, you and Blue are having a discussion, and – you say, hey, you know what, man? I want to, um, I want to get out. I want to get out a hundred, a hundred shirts in the next week and a half. And I'm, I'm just using, I don't know. So I'm just gonna say that. That's so good. you, <laughs> you would have, you would have blue critique you on impact and effort. So it's something that you can do yourself or it's something that you can have a team really go into detail about where your your low your low efforts and your high impact, the things that take you less amount of time but have the greatest value to you. So you will be able to identify and sometimes it's good when someone else can on can step on the outside who knows you can identify where you are. You know, so these are yeah. these are really good these tools right here, you know, and like I said, we can go in, but I just don't want to spend a lot of time on, on all these disciplines that I'm, I'm sharing with the family because I want to be able to come back and really go in, you know, and then, you know, we can get a feel from the family what they really gravitate toward or whatever, but we can really go in and identify each box and, and, and really go in. But I just want to highlight some things, you know, certain disciplines that, that are available that we can we can implement right now. You know, it doesn't it's, it's, it's not rocket science. Indeed. You know, so so let me let me um let me read something to you guys because I, I want the family to get this. So the closer the 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 quadrant in this square are, the better. So the the quadrant four would be the the worst um, quadrant because if you're putting out maximum effort and you're not getting the impact that you need from your business, then you have to question where are you putting your effort? Where, where, what are you really doing for your business? Like are you, you know, whether it's, it, it could be marketing, it could be production, it could be, you know, it, it could be a number of different, these are some of the things that you have to ask yourself or have someone really, you know, analyze you that, that's close to you who's watching you to really see because a lot of times we may not realize where we're, you know, expending so much energy and not, it's not yielding us the results. 
So, of course, number one, we always want to have the low effort, low effort and high impact, you know. So when you look at these things, it helps you identify where you're spending your time and are you getting out of it what you really want to do, uh, what you really want. All right. Um, so let's talk about supply chain. And this is something this is something that um, I really wanted to get into, and I have a couple other things, but I don't think we're going to have time for it. So, quick little little history about me. You know, I I got in the mortgage business about about 14 years ago, and in between that, um, I worked for a company. Break from it. And I worked for a company that was a. Um, it's called Minority Business News. It's a magazine, and, and it's really big here in Texas but it's really big all over. And what they specialize in is supply chain management or supplier diversity. And so what this does is this. So there's a certification that if you are a, a woman, if your business is 51% owned by a woman or 51% owned by a quote-unquote minority, you, you get what you call a, a minority business enterprise certification. And what this does is if a corporation need, if you're a supplier, if a corporation needs whatever you create plastic cups or whatever it is, if they need you, if they patronize your business, they get a kickback from the government. So supplier diversity and supply chain works hand in hand. And so our people need to understand this, that we can, we can bridge that gap. And if we have a, a certain product or we're producing a good to use, these certain certifications are very, very, you know, of course there's speeds and stuff like that, but they work hand in hand. So but when we start talking about from a manufacturer and when we really start getting to major, major products that we're trying to move, um, and like you said, if we're dealing with, with companies overseas who are willing to do business with us and we don't have to go to the European, then when we really start looking at our businesses, you know, we want to look at it from suppliers, factory, warehouse, distribution center, store, mm-hmm. or in consumer. So that's, that's the, the, the upstream to the downstream. All right? Then you have the, the cash flow, and then you have the information um, that, that all parties need to have. Okay, so one thing we have to do when you, when you start talking about supply chain, you have to understand the difference between vertical and horizontal. So a supply chain is usually depicted horizontally, right? So <clears throat> when a company is handling a single activity or a group of activities as one link in a chain, it can also be vertical, with the company performing a long series of activities in the chain. Both orientations have advantages, of course. So if we're looking at how we would work with each other. So, you know, and I, 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 and I think it's red or blue. I, I've heard you talk about textile mills and, and, and stuff like that. When you start talking about how, how do we set up the chain or the assembly line or how do we get our products out there, we can start from a very baseline and we can build it vertical. But when you build something vertical, the impact usually is harder on the person at the bottom. You're leaning, on, you're leaning, you're compressing, you know, now we get into metaphysics, you're compressing that energy down. 
But when you do okay. it horizontally, you know, it's it, 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 it's linear. So you, you're taking, you're saying, okay, we're going to leverage everything equally. So, yes, the the outcome is always going to be pretty, pretty, pretty steady. So you're not going to have this big peaks and valleys of your product, you know, uh, being late or 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 you know being early. You're not going to deal with all 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 of these 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 nuances, right? Because it's going to be steady. Now you can't expect to to be able to say, you know what, I need this 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 big order right now. You know that okay, every month I'm going to order from I'm going to if I know for my for my uh, for my school you know uniforms you know if I know every month I tell Red hey man you know my son goes to a private school or whatever you know I need you know he go every three months I'm gonna need you know four you know four tan pair of pants and 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 four polo shirts for from you and if you know that's what I'm going to order every month you know and you know that this order is coming in that money's there you. That that's a horizontal because I'm saying, hey, this is what I need. This is going to be concurrent, and you know that every three months, this is what it is. You know, so you know that when you're going to your supplier for your plain blue polo shirt, and I want the Kings County crest on my son's polo shirt when he walks up in that school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, no, yeah. So I, you you know this, so you know what that you know what that order is. Your supplier knows what it is. The people that you, your embroidery company knows what that is. So it's able to be horizontal. If everything is just random, then what happens is if, if I say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, you know, Tay may order something for me tonight, I mean, this day, and I may get this, I may get this, then you compress your supplier. So now he can't structure his organization because he never knows what, what, what he's going to get from you. So if it's random, okay. then the 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 discounts, the the last minute stuff. You know, oh man, he ordered this from me. Blah 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 blah. So that's when you you take it a step further. So you know what? All orders for school uniforms that's made by August the fifteenth get a ten percent discount. So now you eliminate, you know, parents coming to you saying. Man, we sure wanted that King County Crest. It's it's September the fourth, you know, the the twenty eighth. It's three months in the school year. You're backed up now. Someone wants, I, I, you know, what I need twenty of them now. So now you have to go to your supplier for a random order when they they like for you to order a hundred at a time. So that's how we have to start, like really thinking about how we, you know, do our business, because then it, the more structured you are. The more that you can order in bulk, the more the better discounts you get, and the better product and the better price that you can offer to the consumer. So this all works. This all works hand in hand. You know, I don't care if you're selling books. I don't care what what you're selling. We all have to, you know, unless you unless you get some construction paper and make it yourself, you know. But at the end of the day, if, you, if you're if you're if you're creating something, you're still having to deal with some some supplier to get the product to the people, and you can yeah. still be able to get products and get the get the pricing that you want if you structure the way that you sell your product to the people. Because if I know that if I'm buying my school uniforms from 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 Red Pill and I know that he says Shantae, order them by, I'm going to get I'm going to do that. And if you know that if you can get to your supplier by this date, you know, you know that you're going to get a discount. So everything is. 
you know, everything works hand in hand. And like I said, this is how we have to think about it, whether it's, you know, the, the, the Seven Heaven CMOS, same way. You know, wherever you're getting your products or your CMOS from or whatever, you know that we all know if you order in bulk. You, we, all, we all know that, that, that you know, that if you hustle, you know that, you know. <laughs> you know I hate to bring that up, but, I mean, let's just, let's just you know, we're having a grown conversation. So we all know this. So if we, mm-hmm. if we, if we know this, then you as the initiator of your business, you can start taking these methodologies and structuring your business to where you can, you can really offer a product and offer your product in a unique way. Then you can start having your, 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 you know, Labor Day sales, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, because now you have a, such an, a, a great relationship with your supplier, with your, you know, your distributor, because, you know, you, you consistently giving them the, the, the numbers that they want, because remember, it's cheaper for them to do it, cheaper for them to do it in numbers as well. Yeah. You know, so, you know, those, you know, that, that's from a supply chain, you know, that's something that we have to, uh, have to think about. And let's, um, we start, um, talking about a supply uh, chain strategy. A few questions you want to ask yourself. How would your supply chain strategy support your business strategy? How will your strategy enable you to improve operations? How will your strategy help you build your com- uh, competitive advantage? How will your strategy help position your company for the future? How will your strategy promote your core competencies and address the realities of your current operations? You guys need me to repeat that? Yeah, please do. Okay. All right, the first one. How will your company, how will your supply chain strategy, excuse me, support your business strategy? How will your strategy enable you to to improve operations? Third one will be how will your strategy help you build your competitive advantage? How will your strategy help position your company for the future? How will your strategy promote your core competencies? and address the realities of your current operation. Hmm. Okay. So excellent when you question. ask yourself That's an excellent question. <laughs> so this and this is just developing a strategy, right? So um for people who've done, you know, business plans and 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 uh worked in this environment, we we've heard the term SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T. And uh, and you guys, do you guys know what a SWOT analysis is? No, sir. Okay. So, family, S-W-O-T. So write this in bold. <laughs> All right. So you want to merge this with just your supply chain if you have a product and you're working with distribution and stuff like that. SWOT analysis is a strategic planning method for evaluating the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats involved in undertaking a business venture. It involves specifying the objective and identifying factors that should be considered in planning. So it goes back to, I think, what Blue Hill said, you know, poor planning with business. So anytime that you're doing a business plan, some people do business plans, and they, they include their SWOT analysis within that business plan. Some people don't. You know, I, I've done one with one, and I've, I've done one without.
Okay, so when you look at when you look at a SWOT analysis, and here's some of the questions. First one, what are the current and potential strengths of your operation and the entire organization in terms of your supply chain? What are the current and potential weaknesses of your operations and the entire organization in terms of your supply chain? The third one, what, what opportunities exist in developing your supply chain? And the fourth one is what threats could cause risk in developing your supply chain. Can you repeat, please? Okay. Yeah, sure. What are the current and potential strengths of your operations and the entire organization in terms of your supply chain? The second one, what are the current and potential weaknesses of your operations and the entire organization in terms of your supply chain? What opportunities exist in developing your supply chain? What threats could cause risk in developing your supply chain? And I think the threats is what we deal with a lot, right? This is one of the main things that we talk about, trying to get manufacturing, you know, trying not to, you know, deal with the Europeans, trying to, you know, find ways around it. So I know yeah. for a fact the threat is probably our biggest obstacle, right? <laughs> You know, so if we if we look at the threat, that's something that we can just go in on. You know, we identify the other three the other three factors, and we work on the threats, and we 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 get a team. You know, we get a team. Hey man, let's let's form a team that you know if you got people who love to do you know research and development, you know, to go out and research other suppliers, you know. You know, you know, here or abroad, you know, we need to do that. We need to have these kind of conversations. You know, we need to have a show saying, hey, you know what, this is what I have. I can't get my product out to the people because X, Y, Z. You know, we need to have these kind of conversations so we can eliminate these things that are stopping us from our, our businesses uh, growing. You know, because it's not, you can't force someone to understand your situation. You know, you can't say, hey, I need to need you to understand because this, 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 and this. No, I mean, you know, you owe it. I feel that, you know, when I when I pay for a product, yes, I'm, you know, when I buy Kings County, it's not, yes, it's because, Ray, you my brother, and we share the same common, you know, common interest, but it looks good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's fine, you know? I like the attention, yeah. so I'm, I'm being honest. So that's why that's why I patronize you, you know. And and, and so when we when we look at that, if if there is a if there is something that's keeping, you know, keeping you from being able to give exactly what you want to give to the to the people, then we need to have a dialogue about it. And let's say, hey, how can we? What do we need to do? You know, if the, if this one vehicle is not working, then we need to. Uh, you know, look where, whatever. And I, and I just think there's so many people that listen to the show that have connections and stuff like that to where we can really, you know, we can, we can have teams. Like all the things that I'm talking about, we can develop teams. If people are serious about, you know, building businesses and building communities and building nations, then we form teams to where we can do this stuff and we can rely on each other and say, hey, you know what, um, this is what I need for my business. You know, do you know, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, and we can really define this and, and, and because a lot of us, you know, enjoy doing this stuff. I enjoy this stuff. You know, I can, I can do this all day long. Just, just as much as I enjoy reading about Kenneth, I enjoy reading, you know, learning about business. 
You know, so, (laughs) you know, same thing to me. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Same thing. All right, so. (laughs) Same thing. All right, let's, uh, I want to touch on a couple more things. All right, so when you start talking about in um, the process, when you start talking about supply chain management, you're talking about processes and activities involved in the identification and procurement, logistics, and management of goods and services within the organization and with the suppliers and its customers. So the reason why supply chain is so big because the logistics, you know, a lot of people really forget the logistics. They really don't identify you know, when we're talking about that process improvement, um, the logistics is so big because it it's the measuring tool for everything. You know, logistics come from logic, right? You know, so if, if we have my man Buddha going in on it, you know, I'm pretty, he'll go in a lot deeper. But, you know, we start talking about the logistics of, of your company and, and uh, you know, from a from an IT perspective, you know, and that's something that we need to touch on, you know, there's so much available out there. So if you have, if you have a, you know that, let's talk about sales again. So you know we have a, um, there's a certain goal that you want to reach. You know, there's sales management tools out there. There's so much free stuff out there that I, I, I don't know if we use it enough. And I had to, I realized this over the last year, just, just having my business of like, man, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to create this stuff myself. And I was, you know, I was finding stuff free, and I was like, okay, boom, 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 you know. And I would, you know, forty-five day trials and stuff like that. You know, use this stuff. Teach yourself, you know, um, these different, different um, tools to govern your business by, because it'll help you in the long run when you are able to like basically hire someone to come in and say, hey, you know what, uh, I need you to monitor, you know, all my sales you know, um, give me a monthly report, you know, this and that. So I I think, you know, we need to, there's a lot of tools out there that I think we need to implement. You know, a lot of stuff I I create on my own uh, through Excel, you know, through Word, you know, I I create my own, you know, uh, logistics for myself right now. But eventually that's something that I don't want to think about because at the end of the day, you being the creator of your business, your mind needs to be focused on that. You know, so as you grow, like I said at the beginning, if you identify how your business is supposed to look and you implement some of these disciplines, then as you grow, you can just plug in the necessary people, you know, and keep and, and keep it and be able to handle the growth. So it goes back to that again. No doubt. Any questions so far? Uh. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still learning. He's soaking it up. <laughs> All right. So, one of the things that when you when you talk about um, supply chain, you want to talk about cost and different different. Ah, man, I can't even say this word. <laughs> Differentiation, right? So, let me ask you this: company, before you do the sure. Can you give a, a precise explanation and definition of what logistics is? Because sometimes people might hear the word and not understand how much it covers. Can so from so so from my perspective, logistics and I can 
I don't have a formal definition, but the way I've always looked at logistics is it's the it's the technology of being able to absorb and display exactly where the company is, sales, um, production, process, and CRM, right? So that's uh, customer relationship management. So all those things fall under logistics, right? So if if you walk into case in point, when when I when I walked into a company I used to work for, you have a we dealt with loan modifications, right? So this is not this is just a service. So it works better with goods, but I'm gonna use I'm gonna use this example. What people would call logistics in a in a goods we call servicing, right? So when you start talking about the back end, you know, it's really the 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 backbone of a company because it tells you all of the measurables for that company. You know, it could tell you from me from a business analyst perspective, I could tell someone if someone said, uh, Shante, I need you to identify why why did these ten thousand loans sit here without being decision for 30 days, and I would have to go in and identify why. So from a logistics standpoint, I'm going to look at systems. The first thing I'm looking at is do all the systems do what it's supposed to do, you know, from an input-output, you know. So if the person that, you know, the, the young lady that's working in the call center, when she's answering the phone, the customer says, I want this, or I need to talk to somebody because, I'm about to go into foreclosure. The moment that she inputs that on the computer and it's supposed to send a send a message to someone else that we have a potential person that needs the modification, how does that look? So logistics would tell me, okay, if she input it correctly and it still didn't get to the necessary tell me, okay, something's wrong with the system. So now I have to go in and have a have a conversation with the IT saying, hey, hey, you know what, this system is not working because these loans are bottlenecks, right? So those are some of the things like logistics can tell you. Now, from a goods perspective, from a, from a goods um, perspective, you, if you have, if I go in and I, and I, and I set, up, set up everything for Blue, if I set up his supply, I set up his distributor, I set up everything, and then we have everything in line, but for some reason, the 400 bottles of Seven Heaven didn't go out to, you know, uh, this particular organization in, in Arizona. Logistics is going to be able to tell me why. It's going to be able to identify where did the gap, where did the breakdown happen. Because it's going to tell me if we got the product on time, if, if we got the product on time, um, and it was it was it was processed on time. Then, if if shipping was the issue, you know, logistics is going to tell you if shipping was the issue. If there's something within the process, is going to tell you. So it's going to identify all the measurables. It's going to tell you where your product is, and if it did not get to the customer on time. Indeed, yeah. So not only not only production, but five times. 
but it's also distribution by way of delivery. And that entire process is what we call logistics, tracking that entire process. Right. 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 Correct. 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 Indeed. I, I know, you know, I'm speaking personally, but I also know a lot of people based on, uh, you know, private conversations. You know, people that share with their areas of um, difficulty on their business, and some people shrug it off. And they're like, man, let them make it great. But other people, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying that's, that's you know, that's the the, the, the the conscious ego way of saying I need help, but I don't know how to ask for it. You know what I'm saying? True indeed. True indeed. So one thing I want to touch on, and all of these concepts that that I'm talking about, it all comes under one, one really one cat, you know, um, and there's been a lot of flack in the in the in the in the corporate paradigm that does he really take credit for creating something new, or did he borrow off of stuff that was created in the in the in the fifties and sixties? Constraints, otherwise you know, abbreviations TLC. It's a management paradigm that views any manageable system as being limited in achieving more of its goals by a very small number of constraints. There's always at least one constraint, and the theory of constraint uses a focusing process to identify the constraint and restructure the rest of the organization around it. TLC, or theory of constraints, adopts the common idiom, a chain is no stronger than its weakest link. That means the process, organizations are vulnerable because the weakest personal part can always damage or break them or at least adversely affect the outcome. So, so when you start talking about constraints, you know, the three main internal constraints are equipment, people, and policy. Okay? You know, and you can put process in there as well. So the way equipment is currently used limits the ability of the system to produce more sellable goods or services. People. Lack of skilled people limits the system. Mental models held by people can cause behavior that becomes a constraint. So we always know if you don't have the right people around you, that's, that's, a, that's a constraint. Policy. A written or unwritten policy prevents the system from making more or adapting to uh, a new environment. So these, and these are just three of them, right? So these, this theory of constraints, this is what all of these models of business models kind of started being derived out of. So you take, uh, I know you guys have heard of like the Six Sigma, right? Lean Six Sigma, Black Belt Six Sigma that was developed by Toyota comes out of project management, right? That's like the biggest thing. Like that's what I that's what I do, business analyst and project management for mortgage companies. So these concepts come out of this 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 theory of constraints that your business can fall or be altered if these constraints are prominent in your business. So, you know, the focusing of these constraints means, one, identifying the system constraints. Two, decide how to exploit the system constraints. Three, subordinate everything else to the above decisions. 
four, elevate the system constraints. And then, you know, five is basically, you know, if the previous steps, the constraints has been broken, go back to step one, but do not allow the inertia to cause a system constraint. So, you know, when, you, when we start looking at how these concepts are created and, you know, another part that I, I, I really didn't get a chance to go into is you start talking, when you start hearing terms like theory of constraints, and I'm like, all right, who created this? And I'm looking at these people, you know, usually they're German or Jews that come up with these concepts. So I automatically know that they're doing the knowledge. You feel me? So I already know where they're getting some of this some of this methodology and some of this way of thinking. You know, because if we apply it to traditional Chinese medicine or we 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 apply it to things in the in the health and wellness or just from an alchemy standpoint, we could take these same concepts if we're talking about transmuting gold, you know, you know, taking lead and silver and and, and tin and, and, and mercury, you know, when we start talking about these these type of methodologies, it's the same thing. And so what I want the family to understand is that I'm not saying, you know, we can continue to do what we're doing, but just as if you embrace what is out there for us in a business world and embrace that it is metaphysics. All the stuff that I just went over, it's metaphysics. It's just business terminology. It's, it's all alchemy. It's, it's all alchemy. And if we take the time to study the stuff and implement it in our businesses and being able to offer, especially to the young brothers that's coming up, and we set up training programs and stuff like that to where, okay, you know, a lot of this stuff is very expensive to go out and get these certifications. So I'm not telling the family to go out and do that. You know, some of the stuff you can find on YouTube, some of the stuff that you can, that you, can um, <clears throat> you know, find free. You know, I get – you know, I get stuff, you know, training courses that would normally be $200. I get them for 20 bucks. you know. Uh, I just joined certain, you know, certain things. A good website that everybody should go to is called mindtools.com. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in business and you're trying to build an organization, go to mindtools.com. They got a lot of good information. They got leadership and management evaluations. They can, you can take free tests to tell you what kind of leader you are. Um, they got all kind of stuff. I mean, it's a great, great, great tool. So mind, like the mind, mindtools.com, excellent, excellent resource. I, I encourage everyone listening to this call to, to, to get on that. Um, I, I get a lot from that. You know, um, I use it all the time, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of profile tests, and it really helps you kind of see where you are, you know, from a from a business standpoint, how you really fit, you know, um, your 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 thinking style, your management style. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really good tool, and it, and it has a lot of other a lot of other tools too that you can benefit from. And as your company grows, you can implement some of these things, you know. But hopefully, you know, my goal is to to grow to the to the point to where we can we can have this, this dialogue and help companies grow their business. You know, that's why I want to ha- have this dialogue. So if I, if I have some tools that if someone said, hey, man, you know, I, I've been in business for five years, you know, I've had this bookstore, and each year my sales go down, why is that? Well, let's have a conversation, you know. Let's, let's, let's look at your sales. Let's look at how you're marketing. Let's look at how you're merchandising your stuff. You know, let's look at your suppliers. Let's, let's look at it. You know, from a consulting standpoint, let's look at it, man, and, and what do we need to do? You know, where do you really want to be? 
you know. A lot of people don't even really have their goal. You know, they say, hey, man, I just want to create a business, you know. And when you start saying, okay, where do you want to be in three years? How does that business look? I always tell people, wherever you tell yourself where you want to be three to five years from now and then work backwards. So if you know that you want to, if you know that you want to make $150,000 from your business by year three, your net income, then work backwards. Take that 150000 at 36 months. You want to break it down by 10000 140 months, this, 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 and get all the way back to your present state. And then you work back up. Evil, brother. So, you know, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> my, my, my goals, you know, red and blue, like I said, man, is to, I want to continue to have this dollar. It's so much information I want to give to the family, but with all the terminology and stuff, I just don't want to oversaturate it. I mean, I want to leave the, the, the floor open for dialogue so we can really talk about it, you know, right. because I just I, I want to be able to give a little bit at a time. <laughs> I think you said the perfect thing, and that was the aspect of oversaturating it because we are embarking on the 11-11 hour, <laughs> so it will allow the family to let, you know, anything that might be heavy on their mind sit down and, you know, settle and what have you so they could assimilate this information properly. And when we come back, we'll go to questions and answers, correct? Indeed. All right. Yes. Yeah. Brother Man, can you get that queued up for me? Um, family, if you're listening, if this is your first time listening, we are taking a, an 11-11 meditation. Right, we preferably do it in a pitch black place. You know, we turn all of our lights off, our computer monitors as well. We find ourselves either straight, feet flat to the floor, back straight on the hands at the um, palm facing upwards, hands at the edge of the knees, palm facing upwards, tip of the index finger touching, tip of the thumbs touching the form of pyramid, tip of the tongue touching the roof of the mouth, We're pulling the abdominal, the air from the from our abdominals to our nose, We're exhaling it out of our mouth. We're meditating to the sounds of Omni Padme Om, which stands for the jewel and the lotus, which is the perfect balance between the masculine and the feminine principle, or, in other words, the right and the left hemisphere of the brain. Okay? So you can internalize this information. We can allow our spirit to uh, come forward with some wonderful insights, wonderful questions. You know, we can just let this information go to the places in our mind where it needs to go because this information is not only helpful for those in business, but the business of life as well, something that you can use these templates to, uh, you know, analyze where you're at in your life, analyze your relationships, you know, the stress factors, on your own personal self. Okay? So, whatever you're ready, Red. Oh, oh, oh. 
person could tape a three, five-minute segment on their phone. You feel me? Exactly. Um, you know, bring that person on, on, on the stage before the world to do a presentation, a show, you know, give their own personal testimony, their own story. Like you said, the, the sporting league, you know, my baseball team versus your baseball team, my basketball team versus your basketball team. Right. What about the children? What do we have for these babies? You know? And that's, and that, when we was, and that's exactly when we was walking on, ahead, on. When we was walking on the other side of the tracks and this other lifestyle, I'm going to tell you something. Those were the most stand-up individuals I've ever grown to know because irregardless of all the criminality that they may have been involved with, they never forgot children. So Easter, like all of these holidays that people like to lambast, they made an opportunity to tap into the cultural dynamic of the fact that these children are going to celebrate irregardless, you know what I'm saying, of what you name yourself and what you think because it's programmed, it's part of society. But they said we're going to do Easter giveaways. Oh, they're going back to school? We're going to do back to school giveaways. Oh, it's Christmas time? We're going to give them Christmas gifts. You feel me? And this was kind They never missed a beat when it came to that. And if they did, they would feel like, you know, that they, they missed their whole year. It was never the focus on they was doing. It was about the cleanup. Right. See what I'm right. saying? Right. I don't see none of that that takes place in the community. Like, people will come to lectures and talk about the children and not even acknowledge the children that are in the building, you know what I'm saying, not even bring their children to these venues, not even, you know, peel nothing off, get a, get a, get a, get a child a dollar, you know what I'm saying, children like money, right. they know what to do with it, you know, there's no connection, it's just information, it's all cerebral, it's not coming from the heart chakra. Indeed. You know, and, when, when, and I, so when we talk about this business, you know, I think that it, it kind of like reflects because a person that has their heart and their business, especially if their business is servicing their people with the best possible service, it's going to reflect, uh, you know, the love that they have for themselves. And, and hey, brother, that's you just you said everything right there. You know, it's something that you just said, man, that, that really resonated with me. Two things, you know, I, and I thought about this, and I said, you know, you know, I used to be an AAU and select basketball coach, but I stopped because I didn't like I, – I just, you know, my, my eating habits and stuff like that and the parents, you know, they just I, – I just didn't like how they were with their children and the stuff that they were giving them. I'm like, man, I just want to – you know, build my own program to where the parents are conscious mm-hmm. and they're going to allow me to, I'm not going to allow them to give their kids potato chips and Capri Sun football game and so on and so forth. Right, so right. I do, I do like, and like I said earlier, and I'm dead serious, like, you know, next year I plan on putting another team together. So team. So, I mean, why can't we have the, the, the comedian crushers, you know, uh, traveling and, and planning these big, you know, these tournaments with all these youth and, if we have uniforms that are made by you, Red, and it, and it has, you know, it has patches of, you know, seven heaven sea moss, and we're blowing teams out the water, and they wonder why I can, I can have my kids That's pressing right. the whole game, and they have, unli- they have unlimited energy. Why is that? You know, and, and so that's going to attract 
all we have to do is, you know, all we have to do is win. And it's going to attract, like, what are y'all doing? What are, what are your kids doing? So then that opens up, you know, when you start talking about youth basketball, you know, it opens up so much. So now, you know, now Blue got so much business, he he he, he got to turn business away, you know. So these are the things that we need to get involved with because they're going to continue to go on whether we're, we're present in it or not. And, so, I mean, if the sunny water and, 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 and vitamin water and, 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 and all these, you know, monsters, yeah, spending money on that stuff. Hey, man, there's potential out there. So I, I definitely agree. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and another thing is this: something that I had to, you know, swallow my my ego. So, you know, I got my holistic iridology certification, right? And uh, I'm working on some other certifications. So, you know, I've had a couple of clients here and there. So just the knowledge I've learned, you know, my my queen was struggling a little bit, you know, not to put all of our business. So I'm like, hey, you know, I can do this, I can do this, I can help you. And I've always been knowledgeable of, of eating right and stuff like that. She never gravitated toward me. So last year she she spent money on the T25 program and brought the Shakeology and told me, she says, I don't want to have to think about what I have to do. The only thing about your holistic stuff is that it's not it's not condensed down to a formula to where I can follow it every day. And when she told me that, it made me think. Now, P25, P90X, they all have a system, right? And Absolutely. we know we know that brilliant minds like Queen of Four and, and, and Dr. Sebi and we know, you know, uh, Layla Asker, we know that we <laughs> you know, yeah, KT Dogger, we know that we have products. We know that our stuff's super. So why aren't we competing? Why aren't people, we haven't put a system together to where it's a methodology and where people can say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to buy this program. You know, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to, yeah, you know, I'm going to buy this program. Okay. Every day when I wake up, I got to drink seven heaven sea malls and then at you know, 10 o'clock, I'm supposed to eat two grapefruits. And then people want to be, you know, and when it comes to the diet, they don't want to have to think about it. So they want to be told. So now the clients that I have now, what I've decided to do is build a community. So I have a conference call with everyone once a, once a, you know, once a uh, week. And then I, I try to people, if we, if we live in the same geographical area, so tomorrow I'm going to meet with them. This is part of the program after I do the iridology. I say, hey, we're going to meet up for 30 minutes and we're going to do some breathing exercises, you know, because I'm learning Qigong under Dr. Gabriel. So now I'm building a community to where now they're beginning to tell people on Facebook. And, you know, I have one young lady in 30 days, she's lost 15, you know, pounds under me. I'm meeting with another potential client tomorrow. So taking what, what initially hurt my ego, I'm like, okay, I got to get a system in place on how I do things. So people, because people, these people who struggle, who don't have the self-discipline, they want to be part of community to someone who understands, and they can talk about it. And that's the only Absolutely. that's the only difference. That that is the only difference. But yeah, brother, I'm I'm glad you uh you brought that up. Yeah, because that's 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 impactful, man. That's insightful. Um, a couple other things I wanted to share really really quick, and this is just just overall for 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 my young moors out there, 
that are, you know, whether you're, you're, you're coming out of high school, college, and I just want to let people know what's hot, you know, out there in the industry right now. And I know, Red, you're always up on the, the coding and, and, you know, building apps and what's really hot in, 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 in the business world. So if someone is, you know, feel like, hey, you know, I don't necessarily want to start my own business right now, but I, I know I like IT or I, li- I like this, uh, here's a couple mm-hmm. of, here's a few things that, that, that's really, really hot. Always having your, your Lean Six Sigma is great. Your project manager, which is the PMP certification, is great. Um, you know, the ITIL, you know, Red, we talked about this last year. You know, I've given you guys, yeah, I think I, I poured all, all the information. Yeah, and we can do a whole other show on that, man, because that stuff is crazy, right? I, I, I took a whole course on it. So mm-hmm. um, uh, that's always you know, ITIO Information Infrastructure Library, that's another great certification to have. One thing that's really hot right now, uh, anyone in IT field or whatever, data migration, right? So understanding SQL, SAS, these systems, SharePoint. Um, and this stuff is not hard. All it is is being able to migrate data from one system to another. But a lot of, because here's what happens, a lot of banks and a lot of older companies, they have, traditional DOS systems, right, that they've been storing information on for years, right? So this information now has to migrate over to this new software. And most of the software is called CRM tools, customer relationship management tools. So any kind of certification access, um, SQL or or SQL, um, SAS, what else is out there? Um, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about stuff that doesn't cost a lot of money, like, you know, 500 to a G to get, you know. I'm not talking about these, you know, Oracle. Now, there is an Oracle certification that's really, really hot, but it's condensed down. You know, it's anywhere between 500 and 1,500, and it's called the OBIE, Oracle Business. Uh, I forget the full acronym. So this certification just allows you to be a consultant. And the reason why I'm bringing up these certifications because these, these are certifications where you don't necessarily have to go do a 9 to 5. You can contract yourself out and say, you know what, I'm going to work six months. They're going to pay me 40, 50 bucks an hour, and then I can take another six months off. So I'm bringing this up so so the family who's looking like, you know what, I don't want to give my time, you know, so on and so forth. But these are some of the things that you can probably start yeah, implementing. What, if what you, they're talking about is skills, okay? Right. What they're talking about is handing somebody a fully loaded pistol to protect themselves Right, they're in economic unsurety. You know what I'm saying? Right. So this is your best defense is your best offense. So again, Sammy, exactly. this is a skill that you can find yourself anywhere on the planet and you can implement it. What we often do right. too much on these episodes, unfortunately, is we talk about problems. You know what I'm saying? I think that, you know, KTL is definitely dedicated to uh it's a solution-based platform, but I, I do want to get more into, you know, uh, transferable skills, people that are going to be able to teach these children skills that are going to be able to pay these bills, you know what I'm saying, while they prepare themselves for the, the inevitable. So, you know, right. what can you take with you wherever you're at? If you end up in India, if you end up in China, if you end up in Africa, if you end up in Europe somewhere, if you end up in, you know, another part of the Americas, how can you implement the skill to, uh, uh, you know, support yourself and your family? That's right. Um, mm-hmm. And that that OBIE, 
um, red and blue, that particular certification. Now, this was a couple of years ago. So um, it was an African brother in the barbershop, and he was talking about it. And he was like, look, and he just, it was about three or four brothers in there. He says, look, I'm telling you guys, get this certification. I know a guy, you know, he says, we're doing it for like 500 to to $1,000 or whatever. He says, but the average person contracts themselves out 75 to $100 an hour. So most people work for about six months out of the year. And he said the reason why this particular certification is so viable, he said, because, and this was in 2012, he said um, most of your Eastern Indians, they come over and get these certifications. They make the money and bring their family members over because the most of them are engineers and stuff like that, right? So he was saying that what happened in 2012, a lot of the visas were being declined by the United States to a lot of the Pakistanians and the Eastern Indians and so on and so forth. So there was such a need for it. So, you know, it was things, you know, stuff like that. Like you said, these are skills that, you know, you can use, you know, that you can go and dictate however you want to, you know, whatever you want to do in your life. And I just want to share these things. And, I, and I, it's so much out there that on demand, like this stuff is on demand. And if you're at an entry-level position, at a at an IT company or whatever, you just answer the phone, man, go get this particular certification. You instantly, you know, shift your income from, from you know, 30000 to to, you know, 80000 a year, like, you know, just so I just want I just want to you know give the family some other tools for for the family that's in the you know banking mortgage. Let's, let's be uh, clear, yeah. Let's be clear, family. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be an entrepreneur. Let's be clear. Not everybody's going to create exactly. a product. Let's be clear. Not everybody's going to be front line. Let's be clear. But these skills, you feel me? These technical skills. Especially a family that's, you know, contemplating that, you know, I'm sending my baby. No, fuck that. That 800000 you thinking about tuition, you know what I'm saying? Send that on one of these programs and let your baby come Indeed. out making seventy five to 100 a year. Exactly. 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 If you haven't you helped, know, even that's if, <laughs> Yeah. Even even if even if someone's going to a JUCO, you know they just want to go to a two year. You can come out. Um, two other two other um, certs that's really really good, especially if you're in that service banking industry and you're trying to make a step up. One is called the CIA, and it's called the uh, cert, uh, Certified Internal Auditor. That's powerful. Um, you don't make nothing less than forty five an hour. Um, and another is called the CFE, which is Certified Fraud Examiner. If you got your CFE and, 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 and the credentials to be able to take the course sometimes require you to have certain prerequisites, whether you, you've been in the industry for two or three years or, you know, you got this amount of, you know, you got a certain amount of hours of, of college or whatever, but there's always ways of getting around it if you, you know, it's always ways of getting around that. But those those two, those are powerful, man. I mean, those are like, you know, you're talking 40, 50 bucks an hour off behind whatever experience you have and so on and so forth. So I just wanted to, you know, let the family know. And as, and as I come across stuff, I'm always going to bring it to the family what's really hot because the industry that I work in, I, I, I we see this stuff all the time. Like it's a, there's always a shift, right? Because every time something new comes out, the industry shifts to, oh, you get this certification and, we, you know, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars. So, so yeah. Indeed. 
were getting ready to talk about the uh, the housing mortgage uh, or the real estate industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I can I can go in on. Do we have any callers? Yeah, where we got any callers? Wow. Any hands up? Any questions, comments, or concerns? Now is the time to press one on your phone. We are going to the lines to hear from you. Okay, see what's on your mind tonight. Let's go to caller one, indeed. All right. Let's go to the first caller. We have a caller from the eight six zero. Caller from the eight six zero six eight zero. Eight. Welcome to another ledge. Surprisingly, I'm the only one that called. Okay. Hey, what's up, brother? Please, brother. Peace. Peace, brother. I was saying, you said about certification. You know what's funny? At one time, of, I think he's not a professor, but one time he came out of college, this is like five few years ago, he talks about the certification junk. But then again, he said that he went out and still got his degree because he feels that the certification becomes useless after a while until a bunch of students that. But from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing otherwise. So the no. certification. Yeah, go ahead. Well, well, brother, what I'm saying is this. When you get to a certain point, and, 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 and I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is for, for the young cats that are out there that are, you know, 24, 25, 26, and they're at an entry-level position, and yet you can go and get your degree, but I'm telling you what I know firsthand. I have certain certifications, and I've been in companies to where I make more money than people with degrees because I have experience and I have a, a specific thing that they need. And then I've been in management. So it's based on the industry that you're in. So if you're in IT and so if you, let's say you got a person that does network engineering, right, and they went to college for that. But if, like my brother, you know, he's worked for T-Mobile, he works for IT companies, but he has this C++ certification. So he went specific for that certification. So he has a specific skill that if a company's looking for that along with his experience, it doesn't matter that someone has a degree in engineering. If they if they're looking for specific when when you when I put my resume out there, I have specific things that I can put on my resume that I that I know. So when I'm talking about okay, from a mortgage perspective, I wouldn't got my own training. Like I went and I understand SQL, I understand SharePoint, I understand coding, you know? So when you when you understand the stuff and you can put this behind your name and you can speak to it, and you can speak to the terminology to it, then companies are more viable because they know that you can come in and they don't have to train you. So it's all about just because someone has a degree, they still got to be trained. But if you have a certification, a specific thing that they need, then they don't have to spend X amount of dollars training. You can be up and running because training is, 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 is that's cost. You know, if someone's paying you $30 an hour, but they got to spend a whole 30 days training you, you do the, you do the knowledge. So it depends on the skill. I mean, it depends on the on the, on what you're what you're trying to do. So I'm speaking specifically to IT people in the banking industry. I'm I'm speaking to what what certifications are getting people to that next level. Now, certain certain companies, you have to have a degree to get in a certain spot. But I'm saying if you're on the if you're on the entry level and you enjoy that particular industry, and you feel like you don't want to go back to college or you don't want to get a master's, align yourself with some of these certifications. 
you know, because it'll help you get through those doors if you're in that company, you want to stay with that company or maneuver through that. You know, because once you get start getting five, ten years' experience and you got certifications behind you, I guarantee you some of those certifications weigh heavier than a degree, and that's a fact. That's what I'm saying. Um, most people or anybody doing much, like even with degree, do as much as possible with certification anyway. But you know, it's funny. You know, when I when I hear the same professor, it looks like it's some little little scheme going on. You know, I'm trying to divert most of them that when they think of getting the certification because I never heard about certification the last years ago, you know, and, you know, the times when I did my college thing, you know what I'm saying? I say, hmm. But I, I think about long-term that this is like a, a bigger scheme the college thing anyway. I'm not saying nobody should go to it, but I looked at I see the thing as a whole now that, it's, you know, it's about people winging it out and, you know, try to get as much money as they can and then start something for themselves. And so the schooling thing, because this this not work in this so-called 21st century. I mean, it, it's already shown as unusefulness. And, you know, people that bring something to the table new, I think, will probably last on somebody that knows something that's very distant, my point. That's true. But true. But think about this as well, uh, brother. Um, each time, if there's a specific certification, they have to stay concurrent to any new policies and processes, Right. So you take someone that got, got a degree in a specific field, that, and they got that degree 10 years ago. But if, if you're getting your project management or you're learning a specific IT skill and you're, getting, you're constantly getting certification and you're getting continue, continuing education in that certification, you're current. So think about it. If you were hiring someone for a specific thing that you needed, would you want someone who has experience and they're current on the updated methodologies and, and knowledge of that particular um, skill, or would you want someone that just been holding a degree for ten years? And I'm not saying a degree is bad. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying for specific things that I was speaking of, this is something that I know. So it's it, it's just really based on the industry that you're in. So I would never tell anyone not to go get a degree. That's not that's not my position. That's not for me to say. What I'm saying is, if we're out, if we got people out there like, you know, like Red and Blue, say everyone's not going to be an entrepreneur. So, but we still want to be productive and we want to be able to have resources. So these skills can also help entrepreneurs. So now we, can, we don't have to go hire someone. We can, we can hire you. You know, if I know I need some IT stuff built for my company, I'll, I can come to you because you're experienced and you're current on your certain certifications, so I'd rather patronize you than to go patronize someone else. That's what it's about because these skills, all these certifications I said, if they're helping a the company, uh, some Fortune 500 company, they can help my company. They can help Red's company. They can help Blue's company. So that's what I'm speaking to, brother. Okay. All right. All right. You put your point. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Tills. Thank you. Thank you, brother. All right. Thank you, brother. Okay. We have a caller from the 720. Caller from the 720. Peace and welcome to Another Ledge. Yo, yo, peace, family. Peace, peace brother. Peace, family. Peace. All right, well, enjoying the topic tonight, uh, you know, much needed. Definitely got to get into the business and the economics and the community. Uh, you was talking about um, different certifications with respect to the banking or the real estate game. With the, You said CIA, Certified Internal Auditor, and the uh-huh. CFE. I didn't get yeah. that last uh, acronym, yeah. but it, and yeah, then you said they CFE went, is, 
it's certified fraud examiner. Okay. So so when you yeah so basically that's someone that can come in and if there's fraudulent activity and I think Red about a year or so ago I sent you some information on um, the bank in China that was supporting the the cartel in Mexico right and they got in um, the and they got in trouble right so they were put on probation so that money laundering with the cartel. And they was they was funneling they was funneling drug money through um, through the Bank of Shanghai. Bank of America. Yeah, Bank of America. I do. I <laughs> yeah. I work with Bank of America. So yeah, exactly. So whoever found that out was a fraud examiner, and they paid top they paid top dollar for people like that, man. That's all you do is you know is catch stuff like that. So. You know, yeah. So yeah, that's what that is, brother. All right. Um, you say there also may be some prerequisite steps that have to be taken. Um, you know, yeah. Some of the, you have to be in yeah, the field, have some experience, so you can just yeah. Sometimes they want you in the field for you know two to four years, or if you have, sometimes they don't quite have a degree. They want you to have you know maybe eighteen years, or 18, 18 hours of college, or you know some of them some of them have prerequisites. You know, but you don't necessarily have to work for a bank. You can be working for any kind of financial institution. So let's say you decided to, you know, go, you know, open up an Edward Jones and sell stocks. You know, there's always ways of getting around it, you know, but you just have to – you can go to the website. You can go to CFE and, and look look that up. And it's, and it's something that you would want to have those prerequisites because it's, it's pretty de- in detail. Uh, and and CIA, CIA, the Certified Internal Auditor, their credentials is not as stringent. I know the CFE is pretty stringent. Um, so, so yeah. Okay. All right. All um, right. I'm definitely looking. Yeah, and as far as uh, mortgages in itself, bro, you know, you can do, you can do, um, you know, if you if you're into sales and you like working with people and numbers and you quick with it, you can just be, you know, just go get your loan officer certification. So you can find someone who's a broker who will sponsor you. And you know, you go take a weekend course. You gotta pass. You gotta pass all of the, all of the uh, the tests, which deals with those particular laws in your state. But um, yeah, man, you know, right now interest rates are low, and you can still make good money. You know, you can't make as much money as you used to because of all the, you know, the laws. But you know, under, you know, uh, loan officer. Um, if you're analytical, um, underwriting. You know, someone who underwrites the loan, who looks at all of the all of the, the finances and stuff like that, and they actually decision alone. Um, becoming an underwriter, man, that, that's really good. You know, most underwriters make between 65 and, like, 80 or 90. You're managing an underwriter, underwriting team. You know, you're making six figures. So um, those are the people, and, the, those, and these are the people that we need, you know, in the community because we need a mortgage company. We need, we need loan officers. We need underwriters. We need processors, people who are the liaison between the loan officer and the process, the loan officer and the underwriter, right? No doubt. So we, and, and so here's the thing. So think about this, and I said this the other day on More Science Radio. If, you, if, if, if Red is a real estate agent, if Red and Blue are the real estate agent, right, now the average real estate agent, agent is, going to, is going to charge 3 to 6% or 3 to 6 points on the loan. So that's even, so. If it's a two hundred thousand dollar loan, that real estate agent, that firm, if it's Keller Williams or whatever, they're going to charge three to six percent. So that's six to 
discounting what the mortgage company is going to charge the customer for the loan, right? So if it's right. a real estate company, a real estate agent that red and blue know that every loan that we get calls Shante, his mortgage company, and we're going to work on the fees. So now we're, we can offer a great loan to a customer that, and especially if there's someone in the community that, yes, okay, this is what we do for this, so of course we want to be compensated for our efforts, but we don't have to make all that kind of money on that customer, you know? If you say, hey, man, I'm going to cut my fees in half, will you cut your 3% in half? Okay, cool, you know? Right. So because right. that customer knows right. that if he goes down the street, you know, oh, oh John Hawkins, he's going to make 12 Gs on him on the real estate side, and then on the loan he's going to make another six or seven Gs. So that customer is going to pay about, you know, anywhere between 10 and 15 Gs just in, just in fees from the real estate agent and the loan officer and the broker company. But if we could come in and say, hey, man, you know, we're going we gonna to cut that in half. You know, that, that's what we that, – that's what we need. And then you think about it, if we got brothers who are construction, co- you know, who are, who, have, who are builders, who are building homes, you know, then if we got the builders working with the real estate agent who's working with the loan officers, we're keeping all that money circulating. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's how, we, that's, yeah, that's how we have to think, you know. So that, that's, you know, that's, yeah, I could talk about that all day long. We could do a whole show on the real estate game. You know, because it's 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 it, it's gravy, man. It's yeah, yeah, it sounds like yeah, yeah, bro. I mean, and you can you can you can pull a lot of stuff on YouTube, bro. Um, where wherever you are, what state are you in? Colorado. Colorado. Um, I know a lot of their guidelines have changed, but yeah, just go to um, um, Col- it should be Colorado Savings and Loans. And go to the web, and then you can read the requirements for a loan officer and stuff like that, and and you know, or underwriter, whatever it is that you find that your your interest is. Um, or even after the show, man, reach out to Red Blue. You get my information, man. We can feel free to call me, and we can chop it up, and and I can kind of tell you a direction that I think that you would probably be, you know, a little bit more successful in one or the other. It just depends on your personality type. So, so yeah, I mean, put it like this, man. When I first got into the business. This is how I thought. I worked for a quote-unquote black-owned company. They wasn't conscious. They recruited me. So this mm-hmm. is 2001. So I walked in the office, and all they say is, hey, man, here's a list of numbers to call. So I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm not going to make 100 phone calls a day and, and begging people to, you know, do along with me. So at that time, I was dealing with, with the subprime market. So subprime means, uh, people who don't 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 have a credit score over 620. So what I did before Google, before Google Maps, I got my maps go out. I identified what banks were within a quarter of a mile radius to me. I went and got me some donuts. I walked into the banks. I said, hey, I need to talk to your mortgage guy. I said, hey, man, what do you do with your loans that you turned down that you can't help? Oh, we just throw them in the trash, blah, blah, blah. They give them to me. I don't care if there's 490 credit scores and so on and so forth. So back then, you had banks all over the place and lending institutions that was that was doing loans after Yahoo. So and then it was no, there was no, there was no cap. You know, there's a cap, but you could you could make up to seven points. So when I say seven points on a loan, you could charge up to five points 
and the lending institution, based on the rate that you gave the customer, you can make another two points on the back. So on a $100,000 loan, I could make seven points. I could make seven Gs. And whatever broker I was working with, I'm splitting it. So on one loan, I was making $3,500. So you think if I'm closing four or five, six, seven loans in a month, man, I thought I, I got to highlight, you know, and I, I forgive me, family, but I have to because this is the only way I can explain it. It was like it was. I felt like a dope bill because I was going to this company every week, <laughs> every week, you know, closing deals. You know, I would only work two weeks, and if I would have had the discipline that I have now, I'd have worked my butt off, and I would have, I would have saved money, and I would have been better prepared for the economic strife. Now, I just, I, I could just make money whenever I want. So, I say that, brother. If if you got the gift of gab, man, you enjoy working with people, and you good with numbers. You know, yeah. I could, in my mind, I could always remember interest rates, and I could remember what the difference was. So if I knew that if, if you, if I was saving you an eighth of a point on a hundred thousand dollar loan, I would save you about, you know, uh, 12, 12 and a half dollars. If I save you a whole point, I knew I was saving you, you know, $25 on loan. So I didn't have to stop and calculate everything. I had, I had the even numbers of homes. So a hundred thousand, 200,000, 300,000. And I knew what point one two five was point. 0. 0.250, 0.50, 0.750. I knew what that calculation was without having me without me having to do my financial calculator. So that was me. Right. So that's I, I could just maneuver. So you know, it it hey man, it's so much opportunity out there. And, and like you know, red like the brother Smart says, man, I, I don't want to hear about the white man. I know what my mind can do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I know what my mind can do. And if you if you give me an opportunity, I'm I'm gonna figure it out, yeah, brother. You know, so yeah, you know, feel free, man. You know. I'm on Facebook. Get at me, you know, and, and, and stuff. If you if you just want to learn some stuff, I got some tools. I got stuff packed up, man, I don't even use anymore. I, I love to give this information to the family, you know. I, I just don't use it, so that's why I'm here, you know, because I, I have access to all the stuff that I, I, I just keep to myself. So I, I'm, 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 I'm honored, you know, to, to give whoever wants it. You know, if you need some training. Come, come to me. You know, we'll get it in if that's what you want to do, brother. So feel free to get at me. Already, brother, I appreciate. It. I definitely will, because you know that's the uh, different genre or the realm or the business I'm trying to get into. So uh, yeah, I definitely be getting at you, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling in. All right, God. Peace, Red Peace, brother. Peace, Sam, yes, sir. Peace, Lord. Say this is long overdue. <laughs> we have three more callers in the call queue. Feel free to press number one, raise your hand, and we will get to you promptly. Uh, if not, then that will conclude our session tonight. And I definitely want to say kudos and big ups to Brother Shante for coming through, providing solutions, laying down facts, laying down wisdom, you know what I mean? And I pray and I hope and I anticipate that the family is going to take this information and do both, follow up, and also contact our brother for further information so we could really build up this think tank, you know what I mean? So we could build up um, a real network where we can help each other improve 
our uh, say that again, Blue. I said a financial institution. Yes, yes, yes. Because this, right. this information is exciting to me. I could sit back and soak it up all day, you know, and apply it as well. And um, you know, I just want to give thanks. You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely want to give thanks. Hey, brother, I, I I appreciate it, man. And like I said, we we you know I, I feel I have more to offer the family, you know, because I I know I touched on so many different things, but I want to isolate to one particular discipline and just go in. So when we talk about you know capacity, thought, put time, let's really identify these terms and let's really go in, you know. Um, and 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 so the family when they're listening, they can have the complete the complete discipline, right? You know, so we yeah. we touched on a lot of different things. So, you know, just food for thought for the family. And, uh, you know, because I want to say this, man, to be adaptable. And I was watching something, you know, and this is for my raw food, you know, vegans out there. You know, and, and, and in the conscious community, that's what we are in, in, in a whole scope of things, right? We're a little bit unique from everybody else. You know, we don't do everything that everyone else do. But we have to take a step back if we're in depth and we're if we're in desperate times. And I was watching this show, and it's called uh, Wildest South America. And they were talking about when you get into the Andes Mountains, yeah. because of the atmosphere, some of the plants can't absorb the nutrients in the air. So guess what? The plants become carnivores. So there's a plant called the pitcher plant that traps the flies in it and the uh, the acid or whatever from the from the plant extract the nutrients from the flies, so they become carnivores because of the environment. There's mm. another plant called the sundew plant that they actually trap beetles and they they don't actually they don't actually eat the the actual animal. They extract the nutrients out the animal, so in in, in layman's term, they become carnivores. These are plants becoming carnivores because of the environment. It's not conducive for them to absorb the nutrients out of the environment because of the altitude. Mm. So I'm saying, I brought that up to say, look, hey, man, we might have to. I'm not saying for us to go out and eat a pork chop sandwich. What I'm saying is, you know, adopting some of these corporate paradigms, some of these, some of these business practices that we have looked at and said, oh, that's, that's them. You know, that's not us. You know, we're, we're metaphysical. We don't do that. We don't know. No, let's bring it together. You know, let's we we if we're not absorbing the nutrients, you know, we gotta extract it. We gotta extract it from what's in front of us. Yes, facts. We have some more callers, brother. So let's get to the uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Let's, let's go to the caller from the two two five. Caller from the two two five. Peace and welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. Greetings. Oh, before we even begin, family three four seven. Uh, six three seven two one three five three four seven six three seven two one three five. You do have a few more seconds left before the live stream cuts off. All right, so please call in three four seven six three seven twenty one thirty five. Call us from the two two five two one zero. Peace. Welcome to Know the Ledge. Good evening, peace. Um, Good evening. Um, peace, Queen. I wanted to um. For you, if you could, if you have time to repeat some of the other certifications that you spoke of, um, had something to do with the data trans 
transporting or either oh. giving contact information? Oh. Yeah, you know, what I was saying is a lot of these, what's, what's new in the, what's not new, but what's hot in the industry now, especially if you're working in a, in a business sector, whether it's, whether it's IT or banking or whatever, a lot of it's data migration. So when you take analyst certifications like SQL, like if you're applying for a business analyst position, a lot of times they're going to ask you, do you know SAS, SharePoint, CRM, SQL? These are data migration tools, right? So basically, you know, if you have information that's in an older system in that particular uh, institution or, or business, that needs to be migrated to a new system, and it, all it is is algorithms, right? So it's just one system being able to transfer that language over to another system. It's not really difficult. It's just once you understand the algorithm, you know, 1 plus 1, 2 plus 1, 3 plus 2, you know, once you understand that language, then you migrate that data over. You know, even migrating data from a system onto Excel and migrating it back from Excel onto a system and just understanding the language. So data, I'm saying data migration under all these analysts, it falls under that, being able to, to, um, to, to look at that and being able to, to speak to that, you know, because that's, that's part of being a project manager is being able to work with, work with a department, right? So they come to you and say, hey, um, our, our production time is down because our system is not doing this. You're able to go in and identify the errors in that system, and you're able to write what you call business requirements off of your off of what you've analyzed what's wrong. So once you write the business requirements, then if there's a new system that needs to be placed or a new software that needs to be in place, then you're going to you're the liaison between the business or the um, the departments, right? The people who are actually doing the work and the project manager and the IT department. So you're the person that's doing all the business requirements saying, hey, we need this, we need this, we need this. The project manager is the one that says, okay, let's get everyone on the phone and let's have a dialogue on how do we get this new software out? How do we get this new new policy out? You know, And, and so that's just kind of in, in, a, in, a, in a snapshot. But, yeah, it's the data migration is the component in which learning these this SQL, SAS, um, access, that's another one, um, I'm sorry, Queen, I, my mind is kind of slipping me, but those three, you know, and I know this because I get asked those a lot when, when recruiters call my resume, you know, call me on my resume. It's like, hey, do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do that? And most of these companies that go in and, and, and train you on their own system, but they want to know that you understand the, the terminology and the methodology. So, okay. and a lot of the stuff is, yeah, and, and, and Queen, a lot of this stuff is, you know, my brother and I were talking because what we're doing is he's giving me his access to and I'm paying for another so we can kill two birds with one stone, you know. So, you know, that may be something that you, you buddy up on somebody with and say, hey, you know what, you know, I want to I learn this because this is my field and it's $300, but let's go in half and then I'll give you my credentials, you know. Yes, well, that's definitely what I was thinking about um, it, with that part and even the part where you were talking about um you know the the contractor and I wrote down when you were saying that the things that um the gift of gab a person that's great with numbers you know um contracts that have engineering skills and my husband he he definitely qualifies for all the things that you were hitting on and um one thing that I begin to see with him in in his business is that um I told him that We've taken a lot of losses, you know, dealing with individuals, 
And I told him, you know, with his gifts and all the things that he know that he needed to try and connect and contract himself out with businesses instead of individuals. Yeah, it's true. That's true. And, and you know, if, if and you say he's a he's an engineer. He's an engineer. He's been he builds houses. Um, I mean, he does a lot of everything, and you know, he's just the type of person that whatever he needs to to do, he can learn it and do it. Right. So if he's an engineer, and I, and I'm just I'm I'm just sharing something with you. Uh, I'm not telling you how to run your house, whatever. But he's an engineer, so his mind thinks a certain way. It's constructed a certain way. So if you just tell him, hey, this is going to be this and this is going to be this, it's not going to register. So maybe it's a conversation that you need to have to say, hey, if 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 you do this, it's going to yield X amount of results. So if you decide to go into this field and get this certification, the average the average income for this particular certification is X, Y, Z. This is where you are now. An engineer is all about tangible results. It's measured. So everything that you say has to be a measurable result that he can relate to. So when I was in sales, when I'm talking to an engineer, if I'm saying if he wants to refinance his home and I know that he's an engineer, I'm like, okay. So by saving, you know, taking your interest rate from 7% to 5.5%, I'm saving you a percent and a half. You can get, you know, I'm, I'm saving you $200 off your loan. Now you can take that fifty dollars. You told you told me earlier that you want to put more in your four hundred one k or whatever. So it's always tangible. I'm, I'm I'm using numbers because that's how he calculates information. So maybe yeah. a conversation yeah. that you need to have is like let's let's just do the knowledge. Let's let's get an Excel spreadsheet and look at where you guys are and look at your you know your net income and look at hey by investing this amount it's going to yield this and now you have the opportunity for this. And see when he sees it laid out like that, then it's a different conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a totally yeah. different conversation. Yeah, it sounds like you <laughs> in my household. That's exactly how it is. <laughs> numbers, numbers, facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, hey, and as always, you know, I always tell people, man, if you ask, if you ask people early in the show, you know, the difference between, there's a difference between selling and telling. We all sell each other on something, we, even if we're dealing in relationships, we're dealing in friendships, you know, whatever. But it's all about the way you ask the question. So, and it's not about manipulation. It's giving that person to understand, you know, the opportunity to say yes. You know, how would you feel if we had X amount of dollars to do this that you've been talking about you wanted to build this? Man, yeah, boom, you know. Instead of you saying, you said that you want to do, I'm not saying that you said it, but you know what I'm no. saying? <laughs> but I'm just I, saying. I don't know if you do consultation and things, but I think that you could explain that better than I can. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a, I'm a wellness coach, so, you know, I don't know if I'm qualified to do consultations, you know, family consultations, but I, I'm just I'm just speaking from experience, Queen, you know, because I know how I am, and I know, just, just like I explained, you know, red and blue about just my struggle with my queen, with the with the whole weight and working out. And here it is, I'm, you know, I have all this holistic training and traditional Chinese medicine certifications, but I wasn't my queen. She didn't want to work out. She didn't want to, you know, not that she didn't want to listen to me, but she, once she shared with me how she needed it to be constructed, 
then I had to take a step back because I, I failed to understand that she's a pediatric nurse, so she deals with formulas every night at the hospital. So everything is a written-down, governed law. She has to do it this way. If not, she's held accountable to a high standard. So when it comes to diet, when it comes to working out, she wants to be she wants to be told what to do. <laughs> you know, so it's it's once you understand what we're you know the careers that people are in, then you can understand when you're trying to reach them on a personal level how you need to construct the conversation. Yes, I understand completely. What could are you, will you be giving out your contact information? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, uh, y'all can reach yep, me right. at. Uh, yeah, you can reach me. You can call me on the phone. You can reach me. You know, my first name Shantae S H A N T A E dot Finley at Gmail. Finley. Finley F I N L E Y. And you can reach me on Facebook. Give me a message, hit me a message on Facebook, and then I'll send you my uh, my phone number, and we can go from there. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you much. Uh, you're welcome, Queen. Have a great night. You too. Red, I didn't know I, I, I didn't know I was going to be a uh, – just, she just gave me a new business idea, huh? Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it happens. All right, let's go to the next caller from the 917 917- Four zero three. Peace and welcome to Nova Radio. Peace. 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 To Twin Pillars. Peace. Brother Shante. Peace. 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 Brother Leku. Yo. Now this is powerful. Yo. I'm I'm <laughs> full of joy right now. I'm I'm so excited. I don't even know where to start because <laughs> I even came on late and. Matter of fact, the first thing I heard was talking about the follow-up, and I was like, yo, that is so true because the fortune is in the follow-up and the money's in the list. So still creating great customer relationships is the way to go because I heard you was mentioning even blending the old with the new. I was like, yo, that's great. What I wanted to ask was... um. Even like the old sales model and the new sales model, I see. I want to know like what's your perspective on it because old sales model basically cold calls, sales demo, and qualify leads, and the new sales model is we're using social networks to educate and engage everyone basically by teaching and encouragement, and that's basically what you're doing right now. So. That new sales model, you're doing great, even the veggie back on what you and the female was saying. Like you said, she just gave you another business model right there. Opportunities are endless, bro, and I love what you're bringing. The information is powerful. It's yeah, brother, one day apply uh, Yeah, um, so let me answer your question. So, oh, and you, man, I'm, I bet. These are the kind of questions I was hoping for. So in the old sales model, you're right, it's cold calling and stuff like that. But here's the thing. Companies, and I would say this to anyone, companies who want you to cold call and, you know, uh, really do it the hard way, that's a company that you probably don't want to work for. Because what they're doing is they're basing their productivity off your efforts and not off the system that they have in place. 
So mm-hmm. they're saying that they know that after a certain period of time, you're going to get, excuse my friend, you're going to get pissed off because anybody that sits there, I don't care how positive you are, I don't care how much meditation you do, if you call 100 people in a day and 99 people tell you no, and, you know, they try to sell you on it's just that one person that says, yes, that's bull crap. Getting told no over and over and over and over again, and then most of the companies that you cold call for, they're paying you straight commission, right? So you don't have a salary. And after a while, you can't you can't support your family. You can't even afford to take the the train or put gas in your car. So I, did, I, I, I yeah yeah I, I've done that, bro. You know, you know. So if I'm a cold call, it's going to be for staff more. If if I'm a cold call, it's going to be for my own business. So yes. Now you have wall callies. I'm with that. You know, the companies send out a mailer. Or they they send out a, a email blast, and then mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a then it's an open conversation. Hey, this is this is Troy. You know, we sent you a blast about you know our new paint products and stuff like that. I see that blah 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 blah. So the conversation it's, it's an open ended conversation, and in today's time, and to really answer your question, in today's time, consumers are much more educated. So you can't call some consumer after after clear blue sky. Just said, hey, you know, most people don't even answer the home phone anyway. So it goes back to what we talk about efficiency, thought put time, the process. You know, how long would it take you to call 50 people in a day? And if you're telling me that you can reach those same 50 people in 30 minutes on Facebook, you do the math. So I'm old school in the fact that's how I was groomed, you know, having to call people, but for me, like I said, when I got started in the mortgage business, I was just a salesperson. I was just a loan officer before I got, you know, went into partnership and got my own company. So for me, you know, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm working for some brothers and blah, blah, blah. Man, they work the cowboy, you know what, out of me. Just wanted me on the phone, wanted me on the phone, and I got burned out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm like, I thought these were some brothers. You know, I'm like, shit, I got one for a black-owned company. I'm looking at them. They come in alligator shoes and thousand-dollar suits, but I began to understand it was off my blood, sweat, and tears. They didn't want me to get a loan officer uh, license. I was like, don't I need to get a license? No, 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 just do this, do this. So they were covering, you know, they were covering up the amount of money that I could make by being having my license. So once I figured the game out, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go out and network and tell people about it, let people see my face, let them see how sharp I'm dressed and build these go network with real estate agents, go network with builders, you know, go to networking functions, you know, stuff like that. So I, I believe that, you know, we as we as we as Moors or blacks or whatever, we're so gifted and when we decide to do something, I think showing your face and shaking hands with someone and letting them feel your energy, I just think it does so much more than for you to sit behind a phone. And you can have the gift of gab or whatever, but people are taught to say no. You know, but when they see your face and you can have mm-hmm. dialogue with them, you can sit and have club soda or a glass of wine or whatever you choose to do and really talk business, then it, it, it lowers their defenses. Because I don't care what you say, when you call somebody on the phone, they know they know from that strength in your voice that you're a brother, <laughs> you know. And so they're like, ah, oh, you know. No, I'm just I'm just being honest, bro. You know, nah, um, you, you know. So for me, you, you have to do a little. You have to have the old school mentality, but with the new school um, advantages, because there's so much advantages, man. 
you know, it, it just is. So why would you why would you want to cold call? You know, why would when I know that by reaching out through social media or by doing um, constant contact, constant contact is forty five bucks a month. And if you and that, and, that, and I think it's like four hundred something emails, and they will design your flyer and send out an email blast for you. So out of that four hundred, let's say only ten percent of them, only forty of them actually open the email and read it. At that forty, let's say another ten percent of them, you know, decide to let's say twenty percent of them decide to even listen to you. So twenty percent, that's eight of them. So if you close twenty five percent, that's two people that you could have closed for your business by spending forty five forty five dollars in that month. And if I don't know whatever your product would be, so let's say your product is $500. So you do the knowledge. And then, and then that's what I keep going back to. We have to start thinking mathematics. If we if we like, what's the math, God? If we're going to say all that, <laughs> let's think mathematics, you know, and use the science and, and, and condense it down to where we can measure our results. And you can do that in sales, brother. Exactly. It's funny that you said that because that's exactly what I do basically build fund sales funnels and email marketing campaigns. So as you said, even click through rate, your open rates, even getting yeah. people the persuasion, letting them know that what you have is of value and their desire. They should desire what you have for themselves as well because we have so much great things just to give out there, products and services alike. So that sounds like yo, you, you it's it's great. I don't even know what to say. Sean Bright, guys. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the brothers will have you back so we can go in some more, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. You know what? I think I'm going to have to try to get on the show, too. We'll follow <laughs> up with this. Hey, brother. We can, we can, hey, we can do it together, man. You know? Yes, indeed. We need to do a course. We need to do a course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely good. So we'll talk. You know what I'm saying? We we definitely gonna put something more extensive together and bring it forth. Um, you know, because we need to deal with fundamentals, foundational groundwork, and like everyone else I said tonight, I'm I'm totally engaged by this conversation and getting me excited because I want to implement all of these improvements in my own business. Because that's what I desire to be, you know, the best possible businessman that I could possibly be. And I want to strengthen our network and also be the best, uh, you know, business people that they can be, whether it's employers or employees. You feel me? Do indeed. It's just like the 80 20 principle. Exactly. Focus on that 20%. That's going to give you 80% of the results we need. We have all of these models. We have all of these ways to gauge the metrics. And like the brother said, if we are, right, the original man, Asiatic black man dealing with mathematics, (laughs) 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 we know how far the sun is, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, Brother Lester Lovin said that um, within one second, the electron moves a, a trillion times, you know, all of these, you know, 
mind-bending, you know, mathematical facts are on our caps that we can reel off, you know what I'm saying? Thought travels 2.34 quadrillion miles, you know, all of this. Like, come on, be like, what about the business? You know what I'm saying? What about these mathematical formulas? Like the brother just explained, what about being able to condense, you know, um, you know, how much time is going into what it is you're doing versus the old business models. People even know that there are new business models versus the old business models. You know what I'm saying? So we should be cognizant of all of these things, and this should be our new dialogue. Like this is what we need to be talking about. As well as, you know, like I said, there's many other things that come across our desk on this program that need to be addressed and we need to be cognizant of. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes back to handling our business. You know what I'm saying? So we was handling our business, um, you know, just a lot of the conversations that we're having, we wouldn't be having. You know what I'm saying? Shit is out of control and shit is out of whack. Because we don't, we don't have these businesses to pass on to our children. You know what I'm saying? Our, our women and, and you know, and, and the men amongst our community are in these jobs, giving up more hours. You know what I'm saying? For, for, uh, you know, more effort. You know what I'm saying? For less returns and things of that nature. They're burnt out by the time they get home. They don't even want to see their seeds. You know what I'm saying? So the trees got to raise them. You know. All of these things are dealing with things that need to be addressed so we can strengthen our network. So I definitely appreciate the information that was brought forth this evening. So that we still got some calls, so let me go back. All right, we have a call. I'm going to leave your line open, like cool. Call us from 720 256. Peace. Yo, yo, yeah, this is uh, Jalan again out of Colorado. I was on before I'm crying about the uh, real estate and everything. Um, earlier in the show, um, you had mildly touched on tax liens or tax deeds and the acquisition of property that way. You know, um, you just dropped the science on that. And, you know, I'm in Colorado. It's a tax lien, a tax lien state. But I was right. doing my due diligence a little bit and seeing what counties um, was offering the tax liens and Registration beforehand and what kind of properties and everything. So, you know, yeah, brother. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I, you know, you could always, always tell people get with someone at a title company because they can give you, they can give you lists of some, you know, all of the foreclosed properties and properties that have tax liens on them in, in the particular county that you want to, you know, be in. You know, and I was just mentioning tax liens because I know certain people. You know, teach the community, you know, that's the way to go. You know, and I understand that people teach the community that, you know, mortgage means death, and, and, and I get all that, you know, and that's cool. You know, I'm, right. I, I was just speaking, if that's not what you choose to do, because some people have great, you know, everyone in our community don't have bad credit. Everyone in our community understands how the market works. So, and I'm going to say that this is not to slight anybody. If you're telling me, and this is something I know for the fact, now the the industry is booming right now. So if you're telling me that I shouldn't get a mortgage because of the what it means, 
but I know strategically if I'm sitting down with my mate or I'm sitting down by myself, the average person stays in a home three to five years. So we're going to do the knowledge. Let's do the math. So if you are in a county, so I'm going to use me. I live in the outskirts of Dallas, right? So I live in Dallas, but I live in uh, Collin County. So if I'm trying to get a home and I'm a first-time home buyer, first-time home buyer, now the equivalent, I don't know about Colorado, but I know New York and the cost of living is high. So if I'm going to get a first-time home, I'm going to get an FHA home. FHA loan, because that means I only have to bring 3% to the table. So if I'm getting a $200,000 home, I know I can just save about 6 to 8 Gs, pay for my closing costs, pay for my appraisal. Now, here's the key. FHA, because it's government-backed, government you're going to get a low interest rate off the top. FHA loans now is around 4.5%. Now, the average home, and this is the average home, increases in value to to 5% on a low scale, 1% to 3%. So let's say my my $200,000 home increased 3% the next year, right? And right. increased 3% the next year and the year after. So if I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, my balance when I got the mortgage was 100, 194000 But now... My home is worth, let's say, two hundred and thirty thousand, and I've only invested fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand, and I sell that home. So you're going to tell me that I made a bad decision? I walked away making fifteen, twenty G's off a of home after three years? I don't think so. Right, right. You're not, you're not, you're not going to. And this is something that I know. Now, like I said, I'm not discounting getting short sales and foreclosed properties, but it goes back to if we have a community, if we have a family, okay, so if we have a construction company that does in-house cleanup, because what a lot of people don't tell you, because I used to work for these banks, I know what I'm talking about. When you start doing, when you work with property preservation, when you have people who squat at home, when you have people, and this is majority of Europeans, when they get, when they get kicked out of their homes and they're pissed off, guess what? They do all kind of horrible stuff. I've seen pictures to where Europeans will go in, their home get foreclosed on, they will defecate in every room of the house. You want to go in and clean that up because you don't buy that property? <laughs> no, I'm just being, I'm just being yeah, flat out honest. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? Me personally, me personally, I would want to contract hey. out. So if we, got a, if, we got a, if we got a company in the community that does property cleanup, go ahead, get it ready, you know, go, go clean it out, gut it out so we can get ready for some, for some home improvements and stuff like that, then we can flip it. Great, you know that's great. And I'm not, and, and, and I would love to do that. But just just to tell me that no, nah, don't go buy, don't go buy a home. If, no, when I know strategically what I'm about to do with that home in three to five years, and if I bought in an up and coming area, if I've done the research and marketing analysis on the real estate in that particular area, and I'm looking at all the strip malls, and I'm looking at what's going to be built in that area, and I know that it's a demand, and they're building new schools in that area and blah, 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 blah. If I've done the knowledge, no, don't tell me that that's, that's a bad idea. And I don't, I don't think we should be telling the family that's a bad idea. Now, we got family members who don't have the means and the resources, and they can't do that, then, yeah, let's introduce the, the, the tax liens and the short sales and stuff like that. But let's make sure that we have the resources to where we can come in if it's a single mom 
and she got four kids that we need to we need to do like these corporations do Habitat for Humanity. When you see the NBA players doing it during All Star Weekend, then why aren't we doing yeah. that for for our queens? You know what I'm saying? Let's say, let's go clean this house out for let's go prep it right. so they can move in. So don't just murder out stuff without having uh without having a backup plan and something legitimate and viable for the family because everyone's not I understand everyone's not in that position, but if someone says, oh, I'm going to go get me a tax lien, I'm going to go get me a short sale property, and then they realize, oh, this is what it looks like, this is what I have to do, Not, but they don't have the money to rehab it, or they don't, you know, no, let's be better prepared for that, you know? True, you know, because I do think it's a good idea, but for our single moms and our elderly people that have been kicked out of their homes and they want to, you know, we need to be able to go in and, 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 and gut these homes out and get them prepared for the, for the people who are, you know, less fortunate than or not able-bodied, you know, so... Yeah, bro. You know, but yeah, the tax liens, man. You know, you can you can get with a title company. They can give you some information. A lot of times, you can go you can go to the appraisal district, you know, of that particular county, and they can let you know what property. So if you if you see if you if you walk through a neighborhood or you're passing through a neighborhood, and you see a couple of foreclosures on a couple of doors. You Hello? Yeah, hello? Yeah, can you hear me, brother? Yeah, yes. Okay, yeah, but the title companies are always going to have the liens on the property. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely, you know, doing my due diligence trying to see what's up. Because, you know, yeah, you got the new covenant and polite and the brothers in the community teaching the, you know, choir with the tech thing, tech thing. But it's all about strategy. Like you say, it's about what you able yeah. to do, what kind of position you're in, and, you know, the, the move you yeah. want to make. Brother, yeah, man, um, I'm not, I hey, guess, uh, kudos. Yeah, kudos. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. So I was saying that I guess on Friday's show, it's ironic that you bring this up, it's going to be dealing with tax liens. So the show oh, after this one will be a, uh, yeah, it'll be a follow-up to this show, and our guest will be talking about tax liens. He's doing a presentation Philadelphia on Monday. So tune in on Friday night, 9 p.m., know the ledge. We're going to um, have information to further this conversation about the tax. Oh, yeah, I know who's doing that. Yeah, that's my man (laughs) in Philly. Yeah, this brother, um, Iman Bashir. Oh, okay, okay. I I thought it was Mm -hmm. us, brother. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. But you know, for the record, I'm not against tax liens. I just think we can, we can, we can do it all. You know, I just don't want to limit us. And and and. Uh, but yeah, yeah, bro. But yeah, brother, reach out to me on Facebook, man. We can always build. Absolutely, I appreciate you, shopping. I'll strike you. I like it, brother. Peace. Peace, brother. Okay, we got one more call. Uh, caller from the three zero three. <laughs> Paul from the three zero three. Peace. Welcome to Another Ledge. Peace, peace. Um, peace, Lord. My brother from the seven two zero. He actually, um, we on the same mission. We're looking for the same information. So, uh, oh, two birds and one stone. Uh, appreciate it. We'll tune on on Friday for sure. So it'd be an appropriate time if you want to hurry up and swing that next collar in. We got all we needed. Appreciate it. Oh no, you were the last caller, so we appreciate oh. <laughs> your call. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother. And um we appreciate you, bro. And uh definitely uh look forward to Friday's show. 
we're going to um, assist you with that information. And uh, we'll also have the lines open so you'll be able to ask the, the brother any personal questions that you have, you know what I mean, to further your, your research. All right, all right. Um, uh, he pretty much hit it right on hit it right on top of the nail. Uh, honestly, I do not have any questions that I can just formulate right now off the top of my head. My brother asked it right there for me. Yeah, uh, no question. This brother just text me right now. He just text me right now. We need to ask about certifications. So certification versus uh, like degrees certifications in real estate. What is versus certifications in real estate versus college? Like I'm a college student. What would be a more thorough approach in you know investing in my future, getting a college degree, exceeding in some type of debt, or certifying myself in uh, a line of real estate? Right. So, what what is what is your ultimate goal? I mean, ultimate is it to be goal? a real estate investor? Yeah, is it to be a real estate investor? Uh, I'd say the ultimate goal right now is to man. There's not really one goal in particular. Yeah, definitely want to be a real estate investor. But as far as you know, this is, I guess, Friday. This is, will give me more information on what my goal will be. <laughs> we'll be going to these tax liens and deeds. Uh, All right. So, but it's even, just a general with, question. Yeah, no, bro. Even with even with tax liens and deeds, I mean, you still, in, the, in whatever state that you're in, you still have to have a real estate license. Mm-hmm. You know, and it depends on what part of it, what part, what part of the process do you want to be in? Do you want to be on the lending process? Do you want to be the one that's funding and getting paid that way? Do you want to be the one that's actually um, listing the properties? You know, so you have to identify what you want to do in that process. So that's what that's what I'm asking you. What is your ultimate goal? Because, you know, and, and I mentioned this earlier, if, if whether we're dealing with tax liens or just a regular mortgage or, or foreclosed property, the property got to be listed and somebody has to finance in some shape, form, or fashion. So we need people on both ends of the spectrum when we're talking about building a community. You know, so you just have to ask yourself what part of what, what where you want to be on that. You know, and so as for college now, when we start talking about, you know, mergers and venture capital and, 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 and corporate, you know, buildings and stuff like that, then that's a whole different animal. You know, so yeah, you can go out and get a sort of, you know, you can go out and get a license to do commercial real estate. Okay, that's cool. But if you start talking about really into getting to some heavy, heavy international, you know, venture capitalists and stuff like that and real estate, you know, that's a whole other animal that would be good for that. But it's, it's really on you. So, it's, it's, you know, it goes back to what do you really want to do? You know, and how far because from a, from a global standpoint, we need it all, you know. We, 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 we need it all. You know, we, we need to have that that international um, presence as well, you know, as, as locally. So, you know, there's so many things you can do when it comes to real estate. So, um, 
it just goes down to brother identifying what you want to do and, and going from there, you know. But I, I like I said, I would never tell. It's not for me to tell anyone what I think is best, you know. It's just depending on what and what sector do you want to go in, you know. Right. And because whatever sector is going to be needed anyway, <laughs> whatever you decide to do is going to be needed within the family anyway, within the community anyway. So it really doesn't matter. All right. So definitely, just keep it a more. Uh, holistic approach to real estate and uh, not trying to limit yourself in one aspect. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you if you have other people that want to, you know, go in with you, you know, and that's what I'm looking at. You know, is is you know the connections I have in in, in Texas and you know the liaisons I have in in Atlanta and you know the the friendship and relationship I have with you know Red and Blue. So. You know, I'm 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 forward thinking, so I'm like, you know what? The first thing I thought about is my my license expired, so I'm like, when I get my license, I'm just going to go ahead and pay to be certified. You know, to have my license good in New York, Colorado, Atlanta, and and Texas. You know, starting out and in California. You know, mm-hmm. so I already forward thinking, so in case there's ever time we need to do business or you need me to um, do some do some background work on a property or whatever. I have access to the information because I'm licensed, you know, so that allows me to get access to information, you know, and then if brothers are getting real estate licensed, and then we we can really start, you know, working together, you know, rather than tax liens or whatever. So it's, it's all needed, you know, from a holistic point. It's all cyclical, bro. You know, it's, a, it's one big circle. So Absolutely. Appreciate all that. For sure, for sure. All right, man. I mean, I don't really have too much to ask and bring to the table as we speak. Like I said, uh, take all the information and uh, make the best of it and uh, definitely have more of a more goal-oriented approach to as far as this real estate is concerned. And uh, appreciate your time, my brothers. Appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Peace, peace. All right, and I'll see you on Friday show, brother. All right, sounds good. Tune in. All right, now. Travel safe. Peace. Peace. All right, one more time. Let's get this morning. But don't worry, we didn't drop that on no houses or real estate. It's all good. <laughs> no doubt. So once again, leave them some information, please, good brother. Um, yeah, leave them some more of your contact info. Yeah, um, my first name, Shantae.Finley at Gmail. That's S-H-A-N-T-A-E dot F-I-N-L-E-Y at gmail.com. Or you can just reach out to me, Shantae Finley, you know, on Facebook. Send me a message. People keep telling me that they can't friend me. Um, they can only follow me. I don't know what I've done with my settings, but send me a message and uh, we could we could uh, we could dialogue. I'll shoot you yeah. my number. Indeed. Yeah, and if I mean if you're if you can only friend me like like it's weird. You can only friend me like if you're a friend of a friend. So if you're friends with red or blue, then you can go ahead and you can send a friend request. But if you just have the blue, then I can't. For some reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> it won't. Yeah. I have, 
I have a question before you before you hang up. Indeed. When it comes to in your your in your best uh your best observation, when it comes to company formation during this particular time, especially with the information that you require, how would you suggest that one goes about structuring their corporate identity? Are you saying from an S corp to an LLC to? Yes, uh, that... you know, or a um, a not for profit. How do you feel about non profits? You know, how do you feel about incorporated versus unincorporated? Is you know how do you feel about trust? You know what I'm saying? What is the best thing that you've been able to see based on your analysis, especially in the financial sector? Well. From for me, the LLC was was the most logical for me for what I wanted to do. You know, with Staffmore um, being a professional services, so Staffmore is twofold. Um, you know, it's you know it started out as a, predominantly just a staffing company and stuff like that, and it merged. And this is something I've been wanting to share with you and you know you and Red is that it's now a media company. So I still have the, the professional service. Oh, yeah, bro, you know, because my son graduated from LSU. So he's a yeah, digital art. Uh, he's a digital art. So I, I thought about it, and, you know, one of the things that I was coming in contact with is uh, a lot of audiovisual uh, opportunities, doing corporate events and stuff like that. And, I, and And so one thing that I saw that was missing was either you had companies that only did corporate events, like they would book the hotels and set up the screens and the projectors and the mics and, you know, uh, the big, you know, DSLR cameras and so on and so forth, shoot the events and hand the company, you know, uh, a DVD at the end, right? But nobody was actually taking taking that product and branding that product, branding that event or doing any, they, companies don't do it together. So okay. with me, so so with with me having some 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 contacts, I said, you know what, turnover is just crazy. It's like, I mean, the um, the the profit margin is just crazy in it. So, because you 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 take this, I'll give you an example. You take someone who who's at the Hyatt Regency in New York, right? And yes, red and blue, you you guys are doing an event there, and it's a corporate event. Well, guess what? If there's four camera guys using DSLR cameras, most of those guys now in New York, there it's a labor union, but most of those guys contract. Um, they, they bill out between three seventy-five and four hundred fifty dollars a day. That's what you have to pay that camera guy. Now, mm-hmm. when the when the company bills the corporation, they're usually charging the company between nine hundred and fifteen hundred dollars per camera guy. Per camera guy. That's over right. that's over a hundred, you know, and two hundred percent profit margin. So think about it, if you if you own your DSLR DSLR cameras, we're just using those so you know, you know, Gabriel and I was doing the knowledge, you know, so let's say you get the, the, the Panasonic G, GX four or whatever, you know, those are about seventeen hundred dollars plus all the stuff with it, you know. You you do the knowledge once you start owning the equipment and you don't have to go and rent the equipment for individual events. Oh man! And see, and, and it's just it's just gravy. But the thing about what 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 I can do is not only do that, 
you know, because I have like eight or nine of the best camera guys here um, in Dallas I'm connected with, but we could take that, that event or any branding. You know, my son does 2D, 3D, 4D animation. He does, he does all kind of stuff. You know, he does motion graphics, this, 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 this. Mm. So we can take that and then brand it and, you know, do whatever kind of graphics, whether, you know, voiceover, whether someone has a instructional manual that they want voiceover work done with some graphics and put it on you, whatever it is we can offer to, to, to a client. So, but, but, but I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to go back to your question. Um, so when I started Staffmore, I did an LLC. One thing that I, I under I, I found out is when it came to doing my taxes, you can still convert for tax purposes, still have your accountant um, converted to an S-Corp for better tax breaks, you know, even though you set it up as an LLC. So for me, I was like the LLC was best for me because doing if I'm not if I haven't yielded a lot of profit during that first year or that second year, I can my accountant can set it up as an S corp and I can still get other and I don't know all of the other tax breaks and stuff like that, but it alleviated me, you know, having a lot of responsibility for tax purposes. So, you know, for me it was LLC. You know, for for me for what I'm trying to do because I can always you can always umbrella that LLC, you know, from a parent company to a sister company, and you can you can you can always maneuver until it gets to that corporation, till you know you got a CFO, a CEO, and all of that. And also, it depends on how you want to pay yourself as well, because with an LLC, you're a member of the LLC, so you can't pay yourself a check. You can only take out money, you, you know. You know what I'm saying. So you have to ask yourself how you want to pay yourself as well. Indeed, indeed. I think we need to do a, a economic boot camp. That would be the best approach. Real talk. Let's let's do it. All right, we'll talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Definitely going to talk about it. Um, we might even, you know, do a sweepstakes where we take one of our our listeners that has an idea and bring the idea from, from you know, from A to Z. You know what I'm saying? Through the boot Oh, camp. man, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful, bro. Let's do that. That's what it's about, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll put yeah, it I'm, I'm, we'll talk about this. Um. But like I said, or like we've been saying all evening, definitely want to thank you for coming forth and turning on the lights, you know what I'm saying? You know, pointing out these particulars, I know that it's, it's been a help to me. I know that there are others in the audience that it's been a help to and especially an inspiration. So we thank you. Uh, it's my pleasure, brother. And uh, thank, thank you to you guys. You know, thanks to the family. Um, you know, always, always wanted to share this information, and like I said, uh, just what I have access to, and just being able to give it. And you know, as as we continue to have more dialogue, you know, um, I'll, I'll definitely continue because I always critique myself. You know, I I, I wish I would have structured it a little bit different because I, you know, it's it's so it's so many diagrams and formulas that 
I want to be able to position it and present it to the family to where they can apply it quickly and not have to really think so much about it. So, you know, you know, if you guys have me on the show again, I, I think I could still do a better job at um, presenting the information and, and breaking it down a little bit more and, and maybe not throwing too many forms, maybe just focusing on one and we just go through that whole, you know, through that whole formula and just do the knowledge on that. I, I think that would be better. And, and maybe the family liked the way it was tonight. You know, I don't know, but I'm just critiquing myself. So, you know, um, definitely. This was a good introduction. You laid out multiple scenarios. You went through a, a few formulas, and we will target one, you know, and we'll go into it using a, a viable business as an example so we just got to find that business, you know what I'm saying, and pull it out and, um, you know, go through this nuts and the bolts, you know what I'm saying, and really see some results, some changes in real time. Shit, we might even put a reality show around it, package it and pitch that. <laughs> right. This is what, who want to see this? You know what I'm saying? They just, you know, shock tank is an indicator that people are interested and, and businesses, and I think that they want to see more than just a business pitching itself. They want to actually see the business come up. And our children need to see how a business comes up. You know, where else are we getting and gaining this information? We're being pushed to do for self, but not necessarily are we giving information about, you know, how many people I know that are in, especially in the conscious community, are in business without a business plan. You know how many people right. I know that have 14 teeth and nails for the last four or five years and made every excuse in the book not to uh, stop and write a business plan? You yeah, bro. Yeah, My business indeed. Is and, and, by you know what I'm saying? Uh, the Archangel Gabriel or the Ascended Master Saint Germain got me. Son, you know what I'm I kill 10 tickets right. every month and it's so much it going good. I don't need no business plans. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because you know why? Uh, because we no. people don't want to people don't want to look at because the business plan makes you look at where you're deficient at. It makes you look at where you're deficient at being able to articulate what you really want. And that is hard for people. That that is hard because oh. when I started writing the business when I, when I started writing a business plan for for Staffmore, I got stuck a lot because it made me really look at myself, and you know, and that's why I'm like, man, I got all this knowledge, boom, boom, but I still struggle with certain things in my business plan, you know. So, and it's something that we can work through because certain things we're just uncomfortable with saying and articulating, you know, and certain and some of us are just lazy. We don't want to go do the research on why you feel that your business is going to yield a profit. That's research, <laughs> you know. So some of us have to be honest with ourselves, like, oh, man, that's too much work right there, you know. So, so yeah, yeah, bro, you you hit it right on the nail, man. We just have to have this kind of dialogue, you know, because it makes you really look deep down inside and see where you're really deficient at. And that's okay. <laughs> it's really okay to be deficient in some areas, you know. But we just have to have that dialogue, man, and, and get with people that can help us. No doubt. You know. All right. I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you, man. 
We honor your services. Indeed, Indeed brother. Indeed, brother. And I, and I need those wrist, those wrist ornaments, man, for, 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 my, for my Kings County to rock, man. So I'm about to get with you another couple of weeks. <laughs> no doubt, brother. I need that, I need that drill. I need them accessories, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got the, we got the cuffs, the jewelry, all of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We got the boxes yeah, yeah. and bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Family, uh, you know, thank us later. You know, definitely hit the brother up, you know what I'm saying, show some support, you know, get with the program. This, uh, you know, we are building up a network. We have some interesting things that are in the works, and Brother Shantae fits right into the equation. Brother Lekou, Brother Singleton, Michael Singleton, and a few other brothers and sisters that we've been building with over the past two or three years. And, um, you know, we are definitely ready to... Um, sit at the round table and hash out some of I'm going to bring my brother, the young guy, smart with me too. We're going to hash out some solutions and we're going to get this thing going because in my humble opinion, that is the uh, one of the main um, components of our success at the end of the day is to tighten up and get everything going right. So thank you, family. Thank you for joining us. Join us on Friday at 9 p.m. Same back time. Same back channel. We will be here waiting for you. Uh, love and light. All right. You got anything to say, Blue? You said it all. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate the family. We appreciate the time that you spent with us. Definitely appreciate the post and information. See you on Friday. All right, now. Okay, now.